Hello, and welcome back to Drum Key. This is the podcast where we talk about everything drums, drummers, and drum industry. My name's Adam Steck. That's Sean Groff. We're recording live to tape in drums, etc. in beautiful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You stuttered. You almost, <laughs> do you forget where we were? No, I was going to say downtown Lancaster, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Downtown, we, but we, we are not <laughs> located in downtown Lancaster. No longer downtown. Yeah. Just outside of town. Just Close enough to town that if you're in town, you should come out of town to check out drums, etc. It's like a five-minute drive. It is. It is. like five minutes. Uh, today, we have a very, very special guest. Mr. Brian Doherty is here. There he is. Thank you there for having is. me on the show today, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're I, welcome. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. The, the restraint to not clap for yourself there. Dude, I did. You know, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You gotta it's liven like, it up. It's, it's like, like when give like a kid a round of applause. It's like you a kid to... does something. You're like, yay! Yep, yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so but, talented. But yeah, Brian, drummer. Here, this is your bio. You didn't send me a bio. Oh, I made uh, this one up. <laughs> just uh, took it right off my. I think Instagram. most of this is factual. Uh, I got my information from MySpace, uh, so I think it's up to date. Yeah, did, uh, <laughs> I think you're on my top ten. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, drummer for Northern Gloom and Versus Machine percussionist, educator, and owner, co-owner of the Upside DIY venue in Lancaster. Yeah, man. Dude, was, yeah. You're, doing a, you're doing a lot. I am, I am so busy all the time with music and musical activities. It's, it's awesome. It really is awesome. Dude, it's, it's a dream. That's what, when people ask me about working here and just being in the industry in any facet is great. It's just better than the normal, you know, the normal jobs out totally. in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it, there is some grind to it, you know, or uh, it's it's a lot of grind, dude. It's like twenty four seven, you know. Yeah. It's, it's 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 go go go. Any any second you take off is this, you know opportunity you're not taking for yourself. Yep, yep. absolutely, absolutely. But uh, we're all here for a reason. We're all still in it, right, yeah. Sean? Absolutely right. Dude, this is this is a veteran right here, man. I, I know. Talk about being <laughs> being in the grind for a long I've time. I've been in the man. grind for so long. I don't know which way is up and which way is down anymore. Dude, I, I interned when I was in college at Drums Etc. And Sean was one of the guys who trained me. That was before your time when you, oh, yeah. when you came in, man. Before I was born. No, I was, I was uh, you know, and I was thinking about that stuff earlier today. I was thinking about the first time I met you. And I was thinking about when you were interning. And we were just getting involved in doing eBay. Oh, yeah. Like, big time. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, we had done eBay before. But we were doing eBay on a, on a smaller scale. We didn't have a proper eBay store. We were just doing used items and doing pretty yeah. successful at it. But we decided, hey, let's do – like everyone else has you know, new items listed. They're selling drum heads or doing right. all those kinds of stuff. Because originally you think eBay, that's just like yeah. people selling stuff out right. of their garages. Yeah. Like that's and what that's we it. all knew And that's what we has. did. That, that's exactly what we yeah, were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we also noticed that, hey, there are other things to, to be had here. And then uh, Brian came in, and we kind of learned that stuff together. And we were going through the books. Remember the? the oh, dude, I I remember. Book. I was like every Friday and Saturday. I would come. I'd come in at Saturday, but like two hours before the store would open. I would. I would just. I'd be like get through like ten pages of all of these. Right. Like the uh, what is it, Con Selmer? Uh, yeah. Catalog. Here's, oh, yeah. here's the the problem we ran into right away is that on eBay, you're expected to have that stuff, man. Uh, yeah. So Rick yeah. was like, hey, let's just list this freaking catalog. And I'm like, that's awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> and, then, and then we're selling things we don't have. Right. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, we don't have it to sell. And then, uh, you know, maybe Con Summer doesn't have it or somebody. Yeah. Now yeah, we're in sure. trouble. So I'm like, yeah. hey, look, 
let's not do that anymore. Let's list the things that we have. Mm-hmm. And if we want to sell it, we need to have it. And we totally right. flipped the script on it and went that way. And it's been awesome. Yeah, is that what you guys are doing right oh, now? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. have to. Now, yeah. everyone, I mean, some people even listening are probably like, wait, you would have things listed that you don't have? Like, right. That was normal. It was right. not expected that everything well, is like, okay, where's my tracking number? Like two seconds after you placed yeah. the order, that was not the world we used to live in. And it is now. Well, oh. We had a mail order catalog, yeah. and I don't know if you received that in the mail, but I, uh, no, no, we no, had no. a mail order catalog, and everyone knew that, okay, you're going to order a component drum, you're going to order this special order item, and we'd tell them, okay, we have to order this in. Sometimes we have it, sometimes not. Sure. Everyone was totally cool with it, but I think uh, times have changed, and you need to have it, and oh, you need yeah. to be ready yeah. to go. Nowadays, with. for yeah. sure. We, but, that, but that was intense. my first, I remember us working together and doing that. And it yeah, was it was, dude, I had so much fun doing it. I learned so much about, like, just, like, drums and, like, just the industry in general. Just the like, industry. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is, it's like, a, it's a whole side of like the music industry you don't see you know yeah what's happening behind the scenes and how is that actually being done is is a a cool insight i mean i got addicted to it a little bit when i first started the shop like being able to see the inner workings being like okay so we source this from here and these are actually made here and here's their stock wow that's how many they have in stock and here's our cost versus what we have to sell it for right and you're always shocked by that because small business, especially in the music industry, yeah. is like wild. Like profit margins are so small. That's why you don't see ridiculous sales. That it, it's shocking at first, but it's also like kind of fun to peek behind the curtain, and be like, "How is this really going on?" Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm still here because I got I got hooked on it. There's yeah. something about that that I've always been super intrigued by. I was I was a thing. I think I that I like just like you can see like how companies every year are like rolling out the like the next the next model for mm-hmm. everything, and you mm-hmm. like you get to see like okay like this is what like music is gonna sound like mm-hmm. for the next like year or something mm-hmm. like just like types of symbols like I like when I was when I was at drums etc like two thousand I think it was two thousand twelve or thirteen right okay um like what was a popular symbol model then like what do you think was um, you know, then it was, probably like I think like meet like K Constantinople medium thin low. That was like okay. one of like the sounds. I was going like, to say K's or K Customs. We, you know, we never really got too much into the Constantinople yeah. stuff just because just like that washy so kind of sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I love the Constantinople yeah. stuff, but, but we now never every- really stocked it. But K's K Customs. Things were going kind of dark, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Byzance was kind of, you know, yeah, it was, it was dark. Oh, dark and dry was definitely like the yeah. thing. But now everything's like bright and washy, but and it's like ten years prior to that, it so was funny. all a customs. Yeah, dude, a customs. I, I can dude. remember the Vinnie Cagliotta oh, yeah. ad. The new a customs are out there, bright and shiny. I have know? a so, I have a a custom ride in my in on my on my studio set, and my uh, my students are always like, I don't like the sound of this ride. And I was like, in two thousand one, you would have loved this. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> this was the sound. And you want to sound cycles. like Travis Barker? It's all cycles, man. I was just looking yeah. back. It was like twenty. Was it twenty seventeen? I think it was twenty seventeen. Nam when uh, K Special Drives came out, and that's still in my mind like a newer. But like, no, it's not. No, it's that, was, not that was last year, dude. dude. I know, right? I feel like that just happened. Do you that think twenty seventeen? Do you think the Ping ride will ever come back though? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, it's gonna definitive happen. answer. It's gonna yes. happen. It has to, dude. I've now, been hoarding. I have forty-seven ping rides. I've been. Ho- no, I'm just kidding. Dude, <laughs> just like I'm gonna yeah, be rich one been day, sitting on a doomsday ping ride house right here. <laughs> <laughs> my first pro symbol was an A custom twenty-inch ride. My like first pro symbol. Yeah. Wow. Like, first yep. cast. It sounds great. Yeah. Like I mean, especially for like the music of that era. Like it sounds like that is the sound. Right. You know. 
mm-hmm. there's something super impressive, at least when I first got into drums, about the brilliant look. Now all my cymbals are like, I love old, ugly, patina, green, gnarly, yeah, you pull it out of the mud. I know. <laughs> yeah. But when I first started in my when I went to the drum shop, when I went into drums, etc., and I saw a whole stack of brilliant a customs that was like whoa like that With a is bunch of lights shining on it oh, too always always good lights right yeah. anyway we have a great podcast guys we yeah. have some segments we can get to if yeah. you want or we can just keep chilling the history of the chilling. story yeah it's all good this but is no. what i knew it would be and this is i'm like so anxious to get upstairs yeah. we're downstairs talking we blew half the podcast already <laughs> just by talking i'm like so we need to bring this like, upstairs right, dude, and talk what are we right doing now. yeah i know i know we need someone to be ta- to tap our phones constantly we need to be constantly monitored speaking of which yeah. what, what are these cats doing do they know we're having a podcast up here? The the the, the studio audience. The studio audience. Some of our employees here. will become our studio audience at some point here. You guys probably won't hear them if they Live. chime in, but we'll we'll translate. But let's pop into one of our segments. Uh, let's pop into crank it up, turn it down. That's not goody. All right, crank it up, turn it down. In this segment, it should have been. Um, in this segment, we talk about some uh, some controversial drum habits. I say controversial just to uh, hit these two together or against each other because they're sitting so close on this tiny couch, and I needed geez. we need some tension. We need some tension between our guest and Sean. It's always fun to watch from afar. I do like uh, WWE too. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. This is <laughs> there's actually going to be a ladder match in this very studio later on today. It's just a work. It's just <laughs> that's all this is. It's all build up. It's just an angle. Um, so. Uh, Crank it up, turn it down. I'm going to name some things. If you dig it, Brian, crank it up. If you really dig it, crank it up to 11. That's like this is my favorite thing in right. drumming. Uh, if, if you don't dig it, it's not your style, turn it down. All right. And All if right. you really don't dig it, you can crank it down. Sean made crank that one up. I okay, so we got crank it up, crank it up to 11, turn it down, turn it down to 11. Crank it down. Sorry. It's got a good memory. Yeah. Crank it down I'm to negative one. Oh, it's like when you meet somebody, you're like, hi, my name's Frank. What's up, Bill? <laughs> exactly. Immediately gone. Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. First one. Crank it up. <laughs> Sean's a little uh, fiery today. Uh, crank it up. Turn it down. Uh, band logo drum heads. I'm going to say that again. Crank it up. Turn it down. Band logo drum heads. Having a dedicated drum head, rezo head on your bass drum with your band name on it. I'll, I'll crank it up. I'll crank it up. Why? Why are you cranking it you up? You know, I think like... Everything that you you do is is marketing when you're when you're when you're playing in a band and it's just an opportunity for people to remember who your band is. But it's also like it is it is a prideful thing to put your your band's information out there for people to see. I can see something like where some it's like getting a monogram shirt. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, are you trying to remind yourself that like your mm. name is, you know, mm-hmm. Brian or something? But I mm-hmm. think that um, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, yo, crank it to 11. I won't play a bass drum without sure, my monogram sure. on or my my bass drum logo on it. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a brave thing to do. I have I have a follow up for you. Yeah. OK. Do you do this with either of your bands you're playing with? No. But we <laughs> we certainly talked about it. Okay. And if somebody bought me the bass drum head, I'd be OK with doing it. Hey, I'll mention this. This is a good time to mention this, actually. Uh, we have a hookup that can get that done. So come see drums, et cetera. Give us a call um, before we send your bass drum head out. We can make that happen. It's not me. It's not Brian. <laughs> he clearly doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> no. Or else he'd have one it. right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, another follow-up. Follow-up to the follow-up. Okay. Here we go. Do you think it's problematic if you're sharing a kit? 
Oh man, that's because that happens so often. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're like the headlining band or you're the band that put everything together, then like, yeah, sure, I think that's fine. But like, then also at the same time, like, where are you playing this 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 kit? Like, are you playing this? monogram kit at my i keep saying monogram uh yeah, this, really i've never this, heard this that term before yeah, dude, but i'm, I'm like shaking my head yeah monogram yeah, dude monogram, that that's the one dude <laughs> i just picture dude. i picture a bass drum head that looks like you got like the the, the threading of your yeah, first name just oh, that, would be, dude, that would look on sick. a bass drum head see that would look sick because that's unique yeah. but but like if you're playing at my studio like if somebody's like yo we're gonna backline my kit i don't care and i don't think anybody else would care because right. it's just like you're not it's not like that's the defining factor of the show. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, but like maybe if you're uh, playing at TELUS in the backstage and you're opening up for, you know, um, I don't know, who uh, the Melvins, right? They're not going to want to play that bass drum. You know what I mean? Well, they're not going to be backlining the kit anyways, right, but like... But still. Right, yeah. Like it, there's, That's a there's, little too iconic. But for like a uh, local yeah. show, I mean, I just... I, I played uh, this summer at uh, Love Draft Brewery yeah. and... Um, the, 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 one in, the one in Mechanicsburg? The, the one in Mechanicsburg, right. That place, is, that place it looks I, great. They did such a good job. That place is great. Shout yeah, out great sound. It used to be a Quaker Steak it and Lube. It is freaking awesome. It was great. Yeah, and before that, I think it was like a Golden Corral or something. Are you serious? Yeah, I used to that live right there, That building's been through a lot. That place is great. There used to be a Dunham Sports up there dude i used to get all oh, my gear but anyway so you're saying you're playing at love but, drafts uh, it Sorry. wasn't um the, the main band ha- had their tapestry behind us so there's Ooh. pictures of me playing and uh-huh. it says the name of the band that's the that's a look for me that's weird okay that's weird but if it's like a bass drum head i don't care but i've also i've, I've done <laughs> get, i'm gonna well first of all i'm gonna crank it up with the the bass drum logo head yeah i, yeah. I like that you know with the, the band minds think i like yeah there's there's something to be said about that and uh I have to crank it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will continue the trend. I'm going to crank it up as well. Uh, I'm going to crank it up. I like what you're going with marketing. Like in my mind, it's all like I view things through a branding marketing mm-hmm. world now. And, and actually, and I think that's really cool. Uh, I will say that that um, if I was backlining a kit and that was my normal thing to do, I'd probably put something more generic on it. Yeah. Like well- depending on the gig. Depending on the gig, but if it's the bigger the stage, the more I think it would be warranted. Uh, this actually reminds me of a story I totally forgot about this. Uh, this was my first band I was ever in in high school. We went a while without a name, but then our name was Jumping the English Channel, which is a reference to a Monty Python sketch where the guy literally says he's going to jump the English Channel and gets this whole crowd together and, and just jumps in the water and splashes and doesn't make it, but it's all this buildup. And it's a <laughs> hilarious sketch. Yeah, yeah. But our band was called Jumping the English Channel. And what I did, this was this is a unique thing because uh, it's not actually the bass drum head itself. What I did is I ended up, uh, I forget if I bought or found, somehow I ended up with a stop sign, right? Like an like a stop sign, an actual stop yeah. sign. And it had holes in the on the outer edges of it. Either right. that or I drilled them, and I painted over the uh, I painted over stop and changed it to jump, but it still looked like a stop sign, and so it said jump, you know, jumping the English Channel. Yeah. And I took little bungee cords and I bungeed it to the front of the bass drum using the those tension rods. Dude, and that must have been there. so boomy. It was like that extra, that of extra metal, like sheet of metal right there. Yeah. Dude. Oh, it probably cool. ruined the sound. But I totally forgot about that until right now because I remember the first time I did it, I showed up to the gig and I was sharing someone else's kit, but I was like, bam, and I instantly like made it our, it looked like our thing. Yeah. And then I took it off. 
No, that dude, that's really smart. That's a that's good really, idea. That's really smart, dude. Like, dude, I totally forgot about that. Wow. Do you that's own a, a business? <laughs> but hey, we I, sell stop signs. I, I wanted to. I wanted to say about the the, the logo on the bass drum. Yeah. When at drums etc. on New Holland Avenue, we would rent drum sets. Yeah. For bands, we uh, it was my idea. I said we need to put the the drums etc. logo yeah. on the freaking. Did Bass you? Drum. I never and actually saw yep. the drums. Yep. I would always like pack them up for people to take, but I never like saw yes. the drums. Yep, we actually had it made. Yeah, that was cool. Had and that was a up. throwback logo too. Um, what's that guy's name? I can't think of it right now. Gary Bolpe? No, not Gary. I know Gary designed it, but the the name of the the, the man. It's something man. Oh, he looks like he's made of tubes. Oh, uh, tube man. Well, I forget. It's not what like cyber. It. I must have nah. Cyberman. I'll think <laughs> so, of him. Ooh, <laughs> I always forget what he's That's called. That's probably not used anywhere <laughs> yeah. out there. Edit. <laughs> I forget what I forget what he's called. Shoot. Anyway, this yeah, isn't we'll exciting. It It'll yeah. come back cool. in like a random part. Crank, crank it, it up, up. Crank it up. Crank it up. Three yeah. cranking it up. All right, we're agreeing way too much. Here we go. This is going to stir some controversy. All Maybe. Right. Maybe not. Crank it up. Turn it down. Turn it down right now, <laughs> dude. Crank it down. <laughs> no, you agreed. That's the opposite <laughs> of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> crank it up. Turn it down. Riding on drum hoops. Okay, hold on a sec. At the same time, we'll give our answer. Okay? So it's either crank it up or turn it down. Riding on drum hoops. One, two, three. Crank, crank it, it up. up. Ugh. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> this, this hive mind Dude, he here. like threw up when he said it. He was like, ugh. <laughs> All right, let's get some explanation get a, now. Get a room. Get some explanation. And then a, a follow-up to, you know. You seemed really passionate about it. Like, what, what's, yeah. your, what's your take? Yeah, what's your take? And which oh, hoop yeah. are you riding on? Are you hitting your bass drum? Are you hitting the floor tom, it's rack you, tom? It's usually the floor tom, sometimes the rack. Uh, wherever I feel comfortable, but your whole drum set is an instrument, so you yeah. you should be able to play anything that you need to or want to on it, and the hoop is an extension of that. So yeah, use that, man. I I, I definitely agree with it. Like it's it it adds such like a unique sound because you hear so much more of the body of the drum, yeah. you know. Um, and like you said, like it's. It, you're getting so much sound from, or a different sound from the drum, and you could choose if it's like the rack tom, if you want something a little mm -hmm. bit brighter, or the floor tom. I mean, I'm not like one of the people who's gonna be like hitting the side of my shells, yeah. or something. I right. mean, not that if I needed to, and somebody was paying me a lot of money, I would totally do it, right. but like, or like the bass drum. Sure. But yeah, no, I think it's, I think, and it's, um, I, you hear it a lot. Like, I feel like I hear it a lot in mm -hmm. music. Yeah, it's a it's a cool texture. I'm cranking it up too. I find myself playing on my snare a lot more. Um, I just record. So not, I think it's easier to play. I mean, it's like easier to keep it kind of like on the snare. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, exactly. I've even it, combined that with a rim click at the same time. Yeah, and there are actually two very different tones. And then you build up, to add some snare buzz in there. And if it's there's a um, nice. there's a really good song by. Um, uh, steps ahead. You've, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're like a, they're like a jazz fusion group from the eighties, but Peter Erskine okay. was the drummer. Okay. And he does this pattern. It's like, it's like offset groups of three eighth notes. And he kind of does that. He kind of plays on the rim and then does a rim knock and he kind of flams them a little bit. And it has this great texture. And you're like, what's he doing? Yeah, dude. And you know, the other thing I think is really cool too, is that like drums, like, there's so many different sounds you can get out of a drum, but like you hit you hit the the shell or the the rim with like the bead of your stick, mm -hmm. and then you move it down to like the shoulder or like the shaft of the stick, you get a completely different tone. Big time, right? So it's like you want it brighter, you want it you want it a little bit darker, you want it fatter. Yep. Like I think yep. that's just such a cool thing, man. 
Yeah, for sure. And and what you're saying about where you hit it makes a big difference. That is also something that you kind of learn with the with the uh, diameter of the drum yeah. and your technique. You really learn how to use that and all use the different sounds in music rather than being like, wow, this is really inconsistent or like I have to hit it just there. Like people view that as a problem. Yeah. And there are things like those uh, Groove X X clicks, which are nice because it's real consistent sound. Um, but I find myself sometimes if I want more of that woody sound, even not going butt end out. To oh, yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of a less aggressive backbeat sort of rim click. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I like how you said rim knock. Rim knock. As as there, that's how I was. I think that's what is it. Right. I think that's what. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I've so never like heard well, that term. Well, I like, like it when you. I I know this as a rim knock. So like you're uh -huh. going across the drum yep, and yep. then like a rim, just like a click or like a tap Would like be on, okay. the, on the side. Yeah. Okay. The one's got the circle and the X, and the other one's just an X. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> rim click, rim knock. Yeah, hey, dude. Defining terms. Yeah, we'll just put the every uh, every book is different. It, it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, just make it up, dude. Just make it sound good. It's like it's not hitting the snare drum with the stick on yeah. the head. So let's just come up with a new term. Yeah, I just I like it. I like it. I might up. turn it to eleven. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wow. You I mean crank it to eleven? Happened. Crank it to eleven. That's yeah, never happened. Yeah. Maybe it has. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. But I'm gonna say it's never happened. All right. We're all we're in way too much agreement. I know we're all going to agree on this next one. Quick round, speed round. Here we go. Crank it up, turn it down. I'm more interested in the why behind the crank it up, which is inevitable. I think here, warming up before you play a show. Oh, can I be neutral? Yes. I'll I'll I'll, I'll I'm neutral on that, dude. What? You're yeah. not going to crank it up or turn it down. You're going to leave it as it is. Yeah, because I think it's it's for everybody. I mean, like, you know, moving your hands, I think, is mm -hmm. definitely important before you play. But I saw this really good master class when I was in college with a marimba player. whose name is Gordon Stout, and he said he never warms up. And this guy is a freak of, like, you just watch him play. Mm -hmm. He doesn't miss a note, and his eyes are just on the music. And um, uh we were like asking why he doesn't warm up. He was like, well, like what if I get off a plane and I have to go right to the stage and I've got to play and I don't have time to warm up. Like I'm using my warm up as like a crutch to, um, uh, to, to get my brain rolling for music. Like I want to be able yeah. to walk on there cold and be able to do it. Now that being said, that's just him. That's his experience. Wow, right. That's crazy. It's, it's, it, it makes me, it made me think a little bit different about warming up because I, everybody's like, take your pad, go play for 15 minutes. But if you're in a, like, you know, you're playing like a house show or something, <laughs> where are you going to go play with a pad? You know what I mean? You're just going to walk up there cold anyway. So like, you know, I've been working on doing like a warm up of sorts where I'm just like kind of just moving my muscles in like different ways, mm -hmm. kind of just like warming your hands up just being, without playing, trying to be limber. You know what I mean? Like I don't need rhythm or I, you know, um, you know, I don't know. That's, I, I think that's, I think, uh, that's a, definitely a touchy, a touchy subject for a lot of people. I'm so glad you brought that up. Though. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's and it, and it depends on what you what you're playing and what you're about to do. Yeah. Now, if I've got the time and I got like a green room or something like that, hell yeah, I'm warming up. Like yeah. I've I've got the space to do that, you know. But like mm -hmm. it's, I think it's also safe to be like, I need to be able to go up and I need to go rip a thirty sure. minute set as hard as I can and just. Yeah. What does your warm up look like? Do you have anything specific that you always do, or I you think, try to get your hands loose? If I'm if I'm playing on a pad, yeah, yeah, or you, something, you have the optimal warm up. Yeah, I um I I feel like oh, this is gonna I I always come back to flam taps. I think flam taps are such a good uh, rudiment to work on because it it is every motion that a stick 
could possibly do. It's it's a full stroke, it's a downstroke, it's an upstroke, and it's a tap stroke, right? Mm-hmm. You've got all of those different movements within that. And Absolutely. you can really just concentrate on just being like, okay, how do my hands feel? And then, you know, flams, you have to play a little bit differently. You know, there's a little bit more engagement with mm-hmm. your with your whole arm kind of thing that that throw you want that you to throw the stick a little bit more. So you're using your whole arm to warm it up. So mm-hmm. if you guys know like the the Will uh, the Will Coxon book. Okay. Uh like the the first the first pattern it is uh or in solo number one, it goes flam tap, flam tap, flam a diddle, flam a diddle. That's my warm up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just telling Sean the other day I play flam a diddles. That's like one of the one of the few rudiments. Like if I pick up like the sticks down on the counter or something, it just when I when I first learned that, it just felt like I was actually like loosening up a little bit. So that's that's a, yeah. a go to for me. It's There's something about starting with a flam. I, I throw flams in everything I play. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little flam happy. Yeah, it, I'm a little yeah. flam happy. Yeah, dude. But it's it's little, a lot of flam. Little flambunctious. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> but Dutch, turn it up. <laughs> Crank it up. <laughs> yeah, no. I I yeah. That's and cool. and but also I think sometimes it's also like, what are you working on? You know, like it could be mm-hmm. like I'm working sure. on this this song or like this pattern and I'm just going to put a metronome on, I'm going to hear this click and I'm just going to play like the skeleton rhythm of this pattern and I just want to hear it, you know, mm-hmm. and just try to lock in with time and try to feel how, like if it's a syncopated thing, how it's feeling against like the quarter note or mm-hmm. if it's an odd time signature yeah. thing, you know. All right, he's yeah. leaving it as it is, Sean. Crank it up, turn it down, or leave it as it is, apparently. Warming up, was that the question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'll crank that up. Yeah, definitely crank it up. And I, and I have to say this, I do find it very annoying sometimes when you're when you're sharing a bill with somebody and the drummer's warming up a little too much. He's out there, he's just playing. The, you know, I'm like, <laughs> wait, on right, the dude. kit? No, or, like on a pad or something. Yeah. He's just playing on the table. Like you, you've seen this? Oh, dude, like, you all, know yeah, what I mean? totally. Like, yes. like I'll warm up with like some, you know, just, I'll do singles into doubles and just kind of that thing, like you know, just singles into doubles and back and forth mm-hmm. kind of thing. Throw some other things in there, but that's kind of my warm up. Singles into doubles. Yeah. I like make them sound even, you know, you know that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, then there's guys that are too like happy out there. It's like you know, they're, like they're just playing all yep. over the place. Like, this guy's warm up. They're, all right, you're warmed up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> chill out. Save man. it for the show. Save right? it for the show. <laughs> this man. guy's this guy's there's backstage a, destroying yeah. the back of a couch, just like yeah, yeah you, you know, know what I mean. It's like that's that's not warming up. But yeah, a, a little warm up is good. Stretching, like I didn't do any stretching this is weekend so when important. You were up there. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, before I left, I did. I was I was at my pad a little bit and then I left and then just before I went on you know you I like to do the sticks where you just flip them around just kind of like you know stretch out my stretch uh, out your hands a little stretch bit out my hands a little bit and then I, then that's I'm good yeah I'm, nothing too crazy nothing right you're crazy. listening to like you're like listening to yourself you know right. like making sure everything's even and if it's something that's not you just like focus on what's not working and then right. dial it in and then you're good to go yeah. and it could be. It could be five minutes. It could be fifteen minutes. You just don't know how long it's going to take. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just but, don't overdo it. Crank yeah. it up, but don't be yeah. that guy that's just playing all over everything. Don't show me what you just learned. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, yeah. God. Anybody watching? Yeah. Should not be looking for people <laughs> hey, to watch you it. warming up. It's like, okay, I get it. You got chops. Exactly. Good for you. Dude, exactly. I keep knocking these presents. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You knock one over. That means you bought it. Mm. You break it. You buy What's it. What's behind door number one? Those are just empty. That's a no. That's a drum uh, dial. That's a hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> drum dial right there. Yeah, that's what this is right here. Um, yeah, I'm cranking it up, although with with the asterisk, uh, which comes along with warming up, practicing, uh, pushing myself, learning new things that I don't do it enough. 
<laughs> like, uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like oh. I know it's a good idea, but how often do I actually do it is way Dang, you less. just made me think about something because like you were just saying I was taking it in the context of a show. Like yep. I was like I um like I was saying, like I try not yeah. to, but if I'm practicing at home, I definitely warm up every single day, mm. every single day. Cause like you, if you're going to be sitting down there for like, I don't know, I, I practice a lot. I'll do like an hour and a half, two hours a day. If I'm going to be playing drums for an hour and a half, like I need to be loose. I need to, be, I need to be stretched. And, and does, uh, warming up, you mean just, you, you sit at a practice pad? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll take like one, like simple, like lately I've just been working on just single alternating flames and like just working on different like exercises of just like changing the position of my grip and just doing it for like 15 minutes and just really working on that. So that way, when I dive into like my exercises, like I'm not like, there's no, there's no tightness, you know, or whatever it is. Or if I'm working on a song and I have to like play hard, you know, I Mm -hmm. don't, I don't need to, or I can feel as loose as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Being out in, in the wild versus if you're about to teach all day is a different yeah, scenario. Totally. Yeah. Different scenario. What I call real world, real world situations there. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, before I jump into, uh, talking more about students and stuff that actually has to do with our next segment, let's jump into drum industry news. Wow, that that comedian that we have that tells jokes in between each segment is really great. Um, So, drum industry news. This is where we shine light on facets. I love using the word facets as much as possible of the drum industry that people don't know a lot about because we have Brian here. Okay. And he's got a unique perspective. Sean and I have the shop perspective of a similar thing. Uh, Today's topic, we're going to be talking about student investment. Uh, As an educator and us running the shop, uh, in a shop that does private lessons, uh, we really have a, uh, we see a lot of students coming in and you kind of get invested in their journey and we're just here to kind of help them get to the next step. Sometimes students hang around forever and it's just like they enjoy taking lessons. Yeah. Other times people have very specific goals, uh, that they want to achieve, like maybe an audition or something that's really short term or long term. I want to be able to play in a band and they kind of get to the point where they feel comfortable and then you got to let them loose. But after that, it's kind of crazy, right? Uh, Sean and I talked about the other day that we see students grow up, like especially if people start out young, which we have students that have started in their 70s. But let's talk about specifically kids start out young. They're taking lessons for seven, eight, ten years. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude, I got a student right now that um, he's, dude, he's, he's doing his auditions for college. And like he's, I wrote him a letter of recommendation. I've known him since he was in third grade. I started teaching wow. at, at the old drum shop. Wow. And like, dude, I mean, like when I, he couldn't sit in a chair and like, he had like a coat that he would always forget at the studio every week. And like, he's like, he's an adult now. Like he can do things that I can't on the drums. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I I love that. Like, that's awesome. And like, like, I just want, I want, I want the best. I want the absolute best for him. And like, I hope he has so much success doing Well, that's a reflection on, on you. you Yeah. Like they're going to go out there and like, wow, you're a great drummer. And that reflects on you. Like, totally. Well, yeah, Thank you. Brian, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it's yeah, like, definitely. It's like, damn, you know? Yeah. I, 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 uh, and I think part of it too is like he, this student in particular, he's, he's very, he's very, um, uh, he's an open book. Like I can, I can tell him to do something and he's going to do it because like he wants to learn how to do stuff. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's great. Longevity. And that's, that's yeah. why he's excelled so much. Yeah. You know, we oh, always, for sure. we always say like the real work happens at home. 
You know what I mean? Like we try not to use the term homework because a lot of kids are trying to get out of that mentality when they show up at the drum shop. But really, that's a lot about, you know, that's where the work gets done. Yeah, you know, between lessons. I was going to say like, you know, I don't say like taboo subject, but like, you know, with the pandemic and everything that happened Mm -hmm. and like the world shutting down and doing virtual lessons, you don't know how students are going to like take progress and all that. Sure. And he was definitely in like the category of a handful of students who just were like, I got nothing else to do. I'm going to learn eight songs in a month. Nice. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Damn, And he actually you're, did it? You're good. Yeah, dude. He played. That's great. I think it was like, uh, I can't I even remember the songs that he was that he was doing. Um, but it was like, it was like one was just like progressively tougher and tougher. The last one I think we did in this, that series was like Mr. Brightside, which is a hard song, you oh, know, yeah. endurance wise. Talk about a song you need to warm up to Absolutely. play. Absolutely. <laughs> Sean just faked his way through that song the other night. I did. Yeah. yeah I did. <laughs> Ronald Venucci Jr., dude. He's, he's, he's a great drummer. Dude, Talk nobody about talks about that guy, he's, but let's he talk is, about him. Man, let's I, talk about him. Yeah. Let's talk about him. Drummer for the Killers, yeah. for those of you who might not know, absolutely killer. He's got so much cool rhythmic stuff going on, and he inspires me to want bigger and bigger cymbals. Dude, I swear to you, all of his crashes dude. are like 22 inches. Dude, his ride cymbal's got to be 28 inches, dude. dude. Like, insane. <laughs> he looks, and you know what, dude, when I watch, uh, there's there's like not a lot of like interviews of him. It's always him and Brandon Flowers. Yeah. But like um, when you watch him play, he looks so loose. Yeah. Like he's just got such a great touch on like both hands. Like both hands yes. look exactly the same. Yep. Um, and is, and that like, yeah. it, it like helps, especially with the killers. Cause it's a lot of like 16th notes, fast rhythms and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's got to like, it's gotta be even, you know, and yeah. he just crushes it live. He sounds, he sounds great live. And, and he's just got that endurance. You know, I always, uh, kind of harken back to, we haven't talked about him. I don't think at all on this show yet. Uh, Max Weinberg, uh, playing with Bruce Springsteen. Cause dude, he's been playing at least three and a half four hour shows with bruce for so many years dude his forearm's got to be like oh he's got to be a hulk dude uh, dude he, insane <laughs> and he's just consistent 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 like it's insane and he'll he like those guys that can lay down some beat like when you start a song you're like oh boy i know this is a long song let's see if he slows down and it's like perfect every and bruce, single measure bruce is so energetic man so you gotta like you gotta yeah. you gotta back that energy and you're up. his you, drummer pr- like convey it talk yeah. about a hard gig to, to yeah. be able to that'd be and, a sweet gig though i bet he's i bet you oh, he's yeah. doing well oh he's i'm sure he's <laughs> a conan gig too yeah, I mean, yeah yeah that that and that yeah for sure God. but but uh yeah Ronnie Venucci, same thing. When yeah. he st- when he starts on like Mr. Brightside or something, and you're like, yeah, you're like, what? He has to keep this going for like five minutes because I know they're gonna do a breakdown and come back in, you know. And he's got the it's like that accented sixteenth note hi hat pattern on there, and it's like keeping that like I think that's a hard thing with like drumming is like you got to deliver the same measure the same way every single time yeah right like and that's what that guy is like doing yeah. you know that's a, that's a hard mindset to put yourself in yeah when you you're can't playing. get out there and and blast away and you're you're nailing it and then by the third song you're like oh it's totally gassed yeah, you're right gassed out you know it's like no you got to keep that up and you know you know mm-hmm. when they were a band starting out that's the opener that's oh, the yeah. that's yeah. the first song you play dude you want to burn that place mm-hmm. down dude mm-hmm. you want to make the yeah. You make a statement. Yeah, 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 right, keep yeah. People there. Everybody will remember that song. Absolutely, I remember that song. So when you taught Max Weinberg, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a great student. I've just watched him age. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> when, so he going, started in third grade with you. Is yeah, that going, right? You yeah, look great. By going the way. from thank you, man. <laughs> no, no, but I, it is important. I mean, you're talking about those students that you you can pick out. Like I think every teacher could name it's not like choosing a favorite kid this yeah. is like okay who's putting in the most amount of work uh, ever you could talk to every teacher and be like okay these three people 
have the dedication and commitment that it takes to like take it to that level totally where it's like okay they could get that gig if they if they can continue on this trajectory and then uh like i was mentioning earlier then sometimes they leave um what has that been like i'm sure you've had students who have like come to you like like let's let's talk specific scenario here student comes to you their goal whether they know it or not in the beginning is to play with a band eventually they play with a band they want to go do their own thing what is that transition like uh like if they were to when they go to do that yeah i mean i mean mean, when they feel like can i can i say from like my personal experience they just like they just stay because they want to keep learning like honestly if it's like a kid you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. adults are you know a different kind of situation because they're like we'll talk about that in a sec right i want to learn how to play some songs or something but like Yeah. yeah i think that like i think i had this this happened at the drum shop years ago this was before your time but i had this student who was like he was a good player mm-hmm. and like you know he could play through songs and he liked playing rock but he would like he wouldn't come home and like or he wouldn't go home and practice and like we'd have to like maybe review like a like a tough fill or something like that in the week and uh you coast sometimes you have to coast in lessons for a little bit like there'll be like two or three weeks where it's like okay we're kind of rehashing the same stuff uh-huh. or like uh-huh. maybe we'll listen to some songs and I showed this kid how to play the fat back groove. You know, the one with Dennis Chambers where it's like, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever, he was eating it up. And he comes back the following week and his dad, like before I go into the room, like for the lesson, he like pulls me aside. He's like, I don't know what the hell you did, but this kid has been practicing eight hours a day. And he started two yeah. bands. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I have no idea what he's up to. I haven't yep. seen him in, yep. I'm going to say maybe 10 years. But yep. like those moments that like, where like you have a song that can change, like uh, maybe you had a song when you were learning something where you figured out how to play something. You're like, oh, I can do this. Like right. I can do this. And like, you just want more mm-hmm. and more of that. And mm-hmm. the more- I've comp- had those moments. Right? Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, I-, I and you still you still try to have those moments, especially like being like a I musician at home and trying to practice and like you know learn some stuff. There's like things where you get you're like, oh yeah, like this was finally this that is worth bulb. the pain that light bulb and struggle. Pops up and you're just like, I love okay, that. yeah, here we go. Oh, this is it. You get reinvigorated to yeah. do that, right? And you just have a whole new perspective on just like like what your capabilities are and like what you want to listen to. Because you can hear so much sure. more in music. But it's a, now. that's a cool type of groove too, because it's it's musical. Totally. You know, it's like it's not just you're going like playing a, a basic, you know, straight forward beat. You know, it's like it, there's a lot going on with that. And once you start grasping the, that, mm-hmm. you just want to continue playing it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You can sink your teeth into it. You're like, oh, this feels good. This is neat. And you're it's just like. And it's like it's such like a launching point for like uh, like I was saying like other types of song because if you like that well then you're gonna like yeah, you're gonna mm-hmm. like James Brown if you right. like that you know you might like the that's meters it. or if like you don't want to do that you might like Steely Dan or you might like yeah. something else you know that's the feedback at that point once you get that as a teacher yeah. you can be like okay here I can guide you right this direction or that direction totally that and then sort of and then you know as as students get older and they get like more competent in playing like say it was a student who's like I want to be I like we have a lot of students who like come through and they're like, I want to play in my church band, you know? Mm-hmm. And like they get that, they get that gig pretty soon, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You can, there's a, there's or a, like, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's not, I, I think that, that um, the culture of, of, of that scene is really good for um, 
bringing in young talent and nurturing young people to play because like it's, I don't say it's like the gift that keeps on giving, but like somebody's going to need to pass that on. Somebody's going to need to pass that on. Right. And like, you're going to get that opportunity sooner than you think. And I know, I like, I know that, you know, no, absolutely. And the, the barrier to entry is so minimal there. Totally. And you can play everything super simply and it's accepted there. It's, I always encourage people to do that. I'm just like, just play in church for a while. It's a real easy place. It's, you know, the crowd's not going to boo ya, you. No. Know? Oh, dude. And- I mean, you want to talk about them. <laughs> Yo, dude, can you imagine that, dude? Boo. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That'd be the worst. Oh. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't imagine. Could like, imagine? Still be like, Yo, how was, how was your service on Sunday? Yeah. They threw an eggs they at me. They turned on me. <laughs> <laughs> Cranked it down. <laughs> Cranked it down hard. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I, 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 that's cool. Um, but for you to be, like, that's what I'm saying. This investment is, it's something that, I, I you know, it, it happens to all of us and, and none of us really realize it until it's like, oh, wow, that person. And then if something happens, like someone graduates or goes away to college, it's like big. It's like, wow, I've seen you every week in here for years. Yeah. Almost. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and, and then like, you know, you obviously you're, you know, once you graduate high school, you're obviously like a different person, right? You're like, you yeah. get to experience like the real world, but then they go off and learn stuff and they come back mm-hmm. and hang out. I'm like, show me what you learned. Like, yeah. sh- or like, talk to me, like what you needed to work on when you were in school. So yep. that way, like, if I have a student auditioning for school, I can have them more prepared for this, you know? Yeah. Can you talk about what is it like when a student or not even a former student, someone comes to you for lessons uh, and they're already an experienced drummer? What is that scenario normally like? Just for from your experience, like what do they bring yeah. in and do they have more specific goals or less specific goals? What is that interaction like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of that is like so like, situation dependent sure. you know like i i had this one kid who like like f- like f- he started taking lessons with me maybe like you know a couple years ago and he was like a fantastic player by all sh- like stretches of the imagination like if he went out and he started playing shows he's fine like he yeah. doesn't need he doesn't need lessons for that you know but like he had a goal where he's like i want to work on like working music or or, or, or reading music or like okay. i want to expand on some other ideas or like i like this drummer and i want to kind of like see like what their like um their habits are or like so like you know transcribing things and being like okay like how do you take this information from this person take it out and make it your own you know yes. so like that's that's like a a specific thing you know you can work on technique you know, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of things that I would, I would say, like for me, I didn't have a lot of technique was not a focus when I was learning how to play. And I think that a lot of my deficiencies in my playing can be attributed to my lack of technique or understanding or learning to understand technique. And, um, a lot of young students just want to go notes. They want to play the notes. They want to play the notes. They want to play the notes, you know, and the notes are the easiest thing you're going to learn how to play on the drums. Sure. Um, the technique and the way you hit the drum is how you draw the sound out of the drum, right? And the more efficient you are at pulling that out or understanding how you're holding the stick, how tight you're holding the stick or throwing the stick into the drum is going to affect the tone that you're pulling out. Like we were talking about earlier with like the rim knocks, flipping your stick around, you know, just being able to mm-hmm. hear that. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, that's that's another thing that you could work on. Um, you could work on, you know, I don't know, like something that they've never even done before, you know, like say like they're, right. you know, a great rock player and be like, yo, dude, we're going to work on jazz. And like, I don't want to work on jazz and be like, too bad. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're like, you came you, to me for a reason. Yeah, dude. Like you can play every Nirvana yep. song on this dude. Yeah. Like right. You're, you need, you need you're a fresh solid, perspective dude. Yo, now. Yeah, speaking right. of Nirvana, I had a, f- I had a four year old kid one time. I was taking lessons at, dr- or he was taking lessons at drums, et cetera. Yep. 
And his dad's like, yeah, he doesn't know how to play too much. Or he plays all the time, but like he's he's four, don't expect too much. Yeah. And I was like, hey, That's man. real young. He goes, I go, play, play what you know how to play. And this kid plays like the entire album of like In Utero, like start to finish. Like, dude, <laughs> like it was, dude, it was insane. And the kid is like hitting rib. It was like one of those Tony Royster freak videos. You're yeah. like, I'm like, what? Like, oh, and he could, dude, he could tell the difference between Roger Waters and David Gilmore's voice in Pink Floyd. Right? Like, no one can dude, tell the difference. I like four, man, dude. Like, you're like, all right, dude, what do you need to work on? <laughs> like, wow. That's intimidating. Wow. Yeah. So when you took lessons from this four year old at drums, it's yeah. <laughs> he's like, man, cool. he's like, just hit the drums, man. <laughs> yeah, every now and then we'll we'll see a kid come in like that. Yeah. We I can think offhand of like two or three different mm -hmm. kids. And it's always it's always a surprise because for every one kid that comes in like that, we have a hundred grandparents being like, he's so great. And then the video is just nonsense that they show us. You know what I mean? Like, totally. Can you, can you see him playing the song? And I'm like, there's a song playing in the background. Yeah, but, he's but that not has playing. nothing to do with what they're right. doing behind the drum or pot or pan. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, keep encouraging it and come back when he's probably seven. You know? Yeah. And, and we'll then the other kid, you're just like, uh, can we hire him? Yeah, like, exactly. is it cool if he starts teaching lessons like, here? Yeah, so it seems like uh, he doesn't even need lessons. He's yeah. good, yeah. Um, yeah awesome. So I think, yeah, situation dependent. Yeah, super situational um, as far as the, the in-person. That's the beauty of private lessons is you get to dive into what the person wants to work on. Yeah. Or you have the freedom as a teacher yeah. to say, here's the direction we're going to go with you because yeah. this is what you need. And I'll just say this too. Like, you know, it's, let's just say, like, you know, we're talking like young kids right here or just like teenagers, stuff like people who are not like 18. They don't have the perspective of like, how much music they've learned yet or life experiences to be like, I can be like, okay, yeah, you're doing this, but this is, this is where you're, this is where you're going to end up. Like let's, or this is where I think you could end up. Let's go try to work towards this. Guide them towards that. Yeah. Kind of give them what they need to, to kind of work towards that. Sprinkling and, a little magic. A little and, magic in. And mm -hmm. they're, and they're already doing the work, you right. know? And those lessons are also hard too, because you actually have to show up prepared. You know what I mean? It's not playing Seven Nation Army. Uh -huh. It's not. It's yeah. it's like you're you're playing you're yeah. playing some deep stuff. Like you need yeah. to, you need to know how to count it and talk about it in right. in a way that's not like I'm lecturing you, right? Mm -hmm. And and be able to to demonstrate some things. You know, break yeah. it down rather that you know it's not you're not offhand gonna have all these tracks at every BPM and be able to have a perfect video of the guy playing. No, you need to be able to replicate what you're teaching. Yeah, totally. Uh, to a certain degree. Definitely. And that, and that like, and that's going and showing them that whole process of like, I had, you know, another student, I was working on a transcription. I think I spent a month trying to like, just like learn like all the nuances and like the, the things that like mm -hmm. talk about in yeah. it. And I, you know, being able to demonstrate it in front of them is like, you know, uh, an awesome thing too but then you can talk about like oh this is how they're moving their hand right or this is the rudiment they're talking about or thinking about right here or it's uh the groove is really between the hands and the bass drum is really accentuating like the syncopation right as opposed to like you know maybe something that's from the bottom up mm -hmm. so yeah that's uh i think that's that's a that's a really good point being able to to talk and, and demonstrate yeah yeah that's awesome man that's great well your yeah. perspective is awesome. To I have. could talk about this stuff all day, man. I know. We better, we better <laughs> cut it off. Yeah. We better cut it off. But uh, yeah, let's pop ahead. Uh, let's get nerdy about gear. Let's pop in the Hall of Fame. All right. <laughs> we are nerds about drums. You're listening to a drummer's podcast, which means you're probably a nerd about drums too. 
And uh, the nerdiest thing that we can talk about about drums isn't the technique. It's not the approach to playing. It's not uh, about our practicing or what flams we like to play when we warm up. It's the gear and the slight minute differences between the gear. So today we're going to induct uh, another piece of gear into the Hall of Fame. Uh, this is the 11th inductee. One more episode finishes out the year. The 11th inductee into the Drum Key Hall of Fame is the Aquarian Superkick. Oh, yeah. How about it? We're talking superkicks. And I know we've all got a lot of experience with the Aquarian Superkick drumhead. This is a Superkick 2. I hesitate to say just Superkick 2 because all the Superkicks have the same technology. Uh, the 2 is for a double ply. And the box is on the floor. And the Superkick is in the room. Woo! So, basic. Uh, base. I didn't mean to pun there. I'm going to say basically as much as possible. Basically, what we're looking at here is a bass drum head that has some muffling built into it. Uh, very rarely do we ever have someone come into the store looking for a bass drum sound uh, that is wide open. I'm the, I'm the guy. <laughs> right? Usually, we want a bass drum sound that has a little bit of muffling to just control those overtones a little bit. And the super kick is great at, uh, I think this is the number one reason that pillows are have left bass drums. Dude, crank that crank that up to 15, dude. Mm -hmm. For real, like oh, that yeah. is, I, I that was the first bass drum head I bought. That's the first accessory I bought for my drums. When nice. Sixth grade, dude, super kick too. Yep. This is the one, I, you know, that started it all. This, this is the one that started it all. When this came out, it changed everything. Before that, you, you had to have a blanket in your bass drum. Felt strips. Felt yeah. strips. This came out. Roy Burns, the uh, uh, you know inventor of the super kick, and also the uh, former owner, founder of Aquarian Drumheads. Um, you know, when I bought my first drum set, Rick gave me a uh, a, a VHS tape that was basically an introduction to drums. It was a Roy Burns tape, but it was an wow. Yeah, it was an Aquarian tape. Yeah, but he went over his products and he talked about it all. And then he played some basic stuff. Like I still have yeah. the darn thing. But uh, it was oh, a Roy Burns tape. Hall of Fame, dude. I should. It's <laughs> great. Burns VHS. <laughs> so I'll, I've been uh, well aware of Aquarian drum heads ever since the uh, you know the '90s, um, and the Super Kick Two really changed it all. A lot of uh, companies, of course, have come out with their version of it with prefabricated uh, muffle rings built into the drum head. I like the Super Kick Two because it's mm -hmm. a double ply head. I think uh, you know, especially if you're really if you're if you're a rock player, you want a double ply head. Yeah. For you sure. You definitely do, because if you break that head, game yep. over. You get that yeah. safety net of yeah. one ply game breaking, over. and you're like, okay. Yeah. And I always <laughs> put it just happened the other day at our studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had an EMAD die. Yeah. Not a super kick, because but, they don't break. But you put this sucker on your bass drum, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, God. You put this, you're like, oh, my God, what did you do to my bass drum? The, the bass drum head by itself sounds better than most bass drums. Listen to that. Like, that yeah. sounds like that's what... Dude, how many how many recordings do you think that kick drum head is on? Many. Tonnage, I, I, tonnage. It, I like, it, it makes a it makes a five hundred dollar drum set sound like a two thousand dollar drum it, set it, for real. It sure does, yeah. And I, it, you know, I had to smell it. This head has a, a distinct smell. I don't know if it's the the ring or the the mylar they use or something. The oil, but it. I don't know. What, there's no oil in this. Oh, no nope. oil? No. Nope. It just looks like there is. Yeah. There's two plies that, that there. rainbow, it, it, that's just the plies like, touching together, but gotcha. most people think this is hydraulic. Only Evans makes a hydraulic head. It oh. has oil in it. Look at so, that. I learned something new today. Yeah, and that is their patented floating muffling system. That's what they call it. It is the floating muffling floating system. Muffling. And uh, their description of it 
is a beautiful thing. They've had a lot of years to come up with Yeah, this. I want to hear it. Pre-dampened, yet natural sound. Hmm. Check it out today at Drums Etc., the Aquarian Superkick 2. Five minutes outside of Lancaster. Five minutes outside of Lancaster. <laughs> yep, we're here. In beautiful, um, da- not yeah, downtown Lancaster. <laughs> in beautiful suburb of Lancaster. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the Superkick is, is and was the first uh, of this pre-dampened kind of movement. Uh, let's talk about them. We got to talk about them. The uh, Evans EMAD, also a great option. The equivalent here would be the Evans EMAD 2. Two plies, Superkick 2. Two mm-hmm. plies. Uh, the EMAT has that uh, adjustable dampening on the outside. the outside. The Aquarian head just puts the dampening that you're likely going to want it out of the get. Uh, but it, this is on the inside of the drum. The EMAD dampening is on the outside of the drum. So you can change it out, swap it out, take the ring out, put the small ring in, put the big ring in, uh, and turn it all around. Uh, but, but I think that's that's fussing too much. I, I think most people don't ever. I think people set it and forget it. You, I, I bought an EMAD and I just took whichever foam piece came out first and I just that's put right. it in there. Right? Exactly. I think yeah. most folks do that. I, so it's a little fussy. It's but it is an option if people are finicky. Uh, I just picky and finicky. Finicky. Wow. If people are finicky about drum heads. You made uh, up the a E-Mad's new word. Point here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, the, but the EMAD's great. It, it is another. Uh, Awesome head. It's going to uh, do most of the same things that this drum head does as far as get that bass drum booming out of the gate. Does the super kick come coated? Yes. Yep. The super kick. I don't know that I've ever seen. I've never oh, no, seen. Actually, no, I'm sorry. The, the super kick three is, is a coated head, but it has a dot on it. What you need is the TC super kick two, the, the texture coated super kick. Yeah, two. texture coated. So they make a. Do they you guys carry coated. that in the store? We no. can. We can get it. We but don't. speaking of what we carry in the store, how this head is so powerful that we literally stock every head that Remo makes, every head that Evans makes, and one Aquarian head, and it's the super kick two. Dude, Corey, uh, the, my my business partner at the at the upside, has come in here multiple times, and you guys haven't had him because they've just been sold out. Always, we're yeah, always right? out of it. We're out like, of it. I swear right to God, always I hope they have a twenty-two. Yep. Yeah, the twenty-two, right? Always. Who and has a twenty-inch? There are a few things that annoy I'll me. I'll get him like twenty at a time, and, 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 and we'll that's sell one. Him. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's absolutely right. We sell through him. We sell them online. We sell them in store. I'm a proponent of it, so I'm constantly saying, oh, you need a super kick, you need a super kick, you need a super kick. But we're always out of it. It's always annoying. I can't believe it. Just like right now, I think we're out of sleigh bells. Why are we in this situation? We think we have enough. <laughs> Every year. All of a sudden, boom, we're out of sleigh bells. Why? Always. I load up on them. Always. It's so annoying. <laughs> and, and every year, here's what happens. This is what happens every single year. We load up on sleigh bells, we sell through them all, and then another big order comes in that I panic ordered after we first ran out of them. Sit and then for them. the rest of the year, we've got 20 sets of sleigh bells right. just sitting down there. We need more sleigh bells and recordings. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. No, but uh, we do need to give an honorable mention to the brand new Remo SMT, which looks like an EMAD, sounds like a super kick, Ooh. but is somehow... Slightly different. It's got a, a ring on the outside, so it kind of looks like an EMAD, but you can adjust it. So it's like a little bit of super kick, mm-hmm. a little bit of EMAD. Remo won't like me saying this, but hey, this is why we're here. We're a drum shop. We're impartial. Open we're just going to give it to you as it is. Um, all three, by the way, will get you a great sound. So if you do need to substitute, you'll get the great sound. That's right. Um, but the Aquarian, by far. Is Can just, I say as a teacher, though, yeah. if I was going to recommend like to a student, they're like, I want a new bass drum head, sure. I'd be like, get the super kick, too. Like, don't mess around. Like, that mm-hmm. one, you're going to sound great with that, and then you can move, you can adjust from there. And sure. what an awesome name, Super Kick. Like, 
And Mara like, yeah. Super. Super. Super kid. I showed you that uh, I introduced you to the movie Grind. I grew up as a skater kid, so I dig skateboard movies, even though 90% of them are total garbage. Um, Not skate videos, but movies about skaters and skate teams and stuff. And in the movie Grind, their name, which one guy just comes up with and everyone else hates, is Super Duper Skate Team. So every time I see super kick, I'm like, it's super head, guys. It's super duper. Super kick. It's a joke for himself. <laughs> it is. It is. That's why I laugh so much yeah. when you, yeah, super kick. I'm like, super duper. Um, no, but I dig it. I mean, I, I can't say we've we've talked about it to death. It's a great bass drum head. And uh, like I said, everyone's kind of going for that sound. Whether they admit it, admit to it or not, Yeah, everyone's kind of going for that sound. It seems like that from our experience of, folks coming in there are some guys that like to keep some open power strokes going on a little bit more stuff with the jazzy jazz vibe yeah. but for sure i mean sure, yeah if you're playing else. jazz well i don't know man i gotta but even jazz i mean you i've can got do a, i've got a bebop kit right now with uh it's a no it is this it's a super it's, it's a super kick one so it's a, okay. a single ply, single ply. Right? but yep. it's still got um you just crank it up super super high dude and it sounds mm-hmm. great you it, it sounds great right you know it's not a it's not a fiber skin or anything like that but right. it sounds great Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a super versatile head i mean and it's actually no that's not the word we end up using that word so much saying versatile, versatile. like yeah. everything is versatile this is the most versatile brush stick how about we get back to specific things yeah yeah let's do it this, this is gonna this sounds over here this boomy over here. this sounds boomy yeah and specifically it's great for rock and roll it slaps it slaps yeah, dude it slaps it's dynamic yeah but not too dynamic <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Now I'm just being fussy. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Cool. That's a super kick, man. Can't say anything else about it. it. It's just a drum head, folks. It's just a drum head, but it will change your life. All right. Let's pop into our next segment. Quick question. Quick question for you guys. We get this all the time when we come in, when folks come into the store. If they preamble the their question oh, on yeah. the phone, big time on the phone. Hey, quick question for you. The answer is extremely long. The question may be quick, but it's going to be a conversation yeah. we're going to have. So I've got a quick question for you guys. Quick question. I'm moving to an apartment, but still want to be able to play my drums and practice. What do you recommend? Oh, yes. I've got this one. Can I Can I have the floor yeah, here? please. Have the floor. All right. We're going to leave. Re- Remo silent strokes. All right, the the uh, the mesh heads. I think the bass drum. You have to actually buy a bass drum head, like a specific bass drum head for it. Um, and the Zildjian. Um, I don't know that the low volume L eighty low volume symbols. Dude, okay, so I I live in a I live in a um, townhome, and I've got uh, a neighbor. Or, yeah, a neighbor right next to me. In a, uh, sorry, it's a twin, not a townhome. And uh, I practice a lot. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, everybody's home all the time, oh, right? Yeah. And I was able to practice any hour of the day, seven days a week, whenever I wanted. Even like my wife would be upstairs sleeping in the room, at, at, uh, in the bedroom, and I'd go downstairs in the basement at like two o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. I heard something like in my head and I would go down and practice and she couldn't hear it. It was 
awesome, dude. You can wail on them. So you're that big of a nerd. Dude, I, wow. I, I how can to... you be such a nerd and such a cool guy both at the same time? <laughs> dude, I had to come How up... is this possible? I came up with a rule during the pandemic. I couldn't listen to music like after ten o'clock mm-hmm. because like I would just I would just keep thinking because there's nothing to do. You teach for like, you know, four hours or whatever it is, sure. and you're just like sure. All right, well I guess I'll I guess I'll go practice or go do something, man, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, and I don't know. You just hear it, and you know, you have fun. But you know, here's the thing I'll say about the low volumes, the the cymbals, is that they eat your sticks. If you play with the beat of your cymbal, you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a tip left. So get yourself a great pair of Vic Firth five A nylon sticks. Mm-hmm. Right. Those become your practice sticks then. Right. Well, yeah, because the because you're not gonna sh- you're not shedding them because you're not bashing the cymbal, or sure, they right. they don't have nearly as much density. But they will chip. They will chip over so, time, but like you know, but the, the bead, nylon doesn't. The, nylon doesn't. And yeah. The, yeah, that's what I mean, right? So I, I got, a, I think I got a pair of sticks, like, and I, I found them at like my studio or something, and they're still immaculate. The only, the only marks they have are like um, from like rim shots or like sure. you know, doing something else. Um, the one thing I'll say about them is you got to crank the heads though. Um, mm-hmm. You got to because you're you're really you really want the tone. You you're gonna get the tone of the drum. Don't tune them flat. Right, don't tune them flabby right. because like it's you're and, gonna you're gonna break the head. Right, yeah. and you leave your resonant heads on, normal resonant heads totally, on. Totally, yeah. And you still get a little bit of feedback. And and get like one of the Kevlar patches to go on the kick drum head because I blew through one. Ooh. Like yeah, yeah. and Big that time. was that was like and 50 what beater bucks. do you use for that? I mean, now that you got the patch, use whatever. But uh, well, dude, actually, so for that kit, I just had some like janky. Like old school, was it hammer. Yeah, I had. I think it was like one of the Vic Firth ones, like one of the hammer mm-hmm. beaters, or it was like I. I like to play with a round beater, so it could have been yeah. one of those two. But honestly, I can't remember like off the top of my head which beater it was. Yeah, but I. I would. I would. I would tell you know anybody who wants to play, you know, play with a round beater, especially if you're playing rock, dude. You're gonna get big sound from that. Yeah. Big, nice punch. Uh, the interesting thing, I was wondering about the felt thing because for years, I mean, we were trained by Roland who had the mesh heads on all their electronic kits, especially when we got those kick towers in that had the mesh fronts, mm-hmm. the that like newer tower style. I say newer, we're, we're talking newer 2012 probably, <laughs> mesh style, you yeah. know, heads. And they're like, do not use felt beaters because it can eat away at that mesh whatever of oh, how that makes it was sense. you know yeah. it, it not it not only are you are you like punching that yep. that part but it's having a chemical reaction with the way it works yeah wild that's i was wild, like wait that's, how a, does this that's work? above like, my pay like, grade. yeah we we didn't know we don't know we but through I didn't testing know we until discovered maybe this 10 years ago yeah exactly and then they're like hey just so you know if you don't sell these that. kits when you put them out on the floor make sure you flip that beater around to the plastic side or wood right. beater or something like that oh, so that man. contributes that contributes to that thing and the the heads that are made uh on those rolling kits are made by remo they're they're gotcha. essentially two ply yeah. uh silent strokes is what is on all those mesh kits for all those years well that makes sense that makes yeah. sense you know and you know talking about like the super kick earlier like you can that thing can take a beating like i that the bass drum head that I, I bought in sixth grade, I, I had up until earlier this year, I sold a drum set to you guys. Mm-hmm. And that was the still drum. On it. I, I, which one? The green one? The, the green one had a super kick. Yeah. That's the same one? Yeah, that's the one. Did you take that? You took, no. You took that head? No, you should have taken it off. That was you from, taken it I off. had that for almost 20 years, man. And wow. the thing never broke, dude. Wow. And I beat that thing up, right? But like, if you play into your bass drum with a silent stroke, like you're playing into a super kick without something on there to absorb that contact, dude, yeah. that, that head's going to break. Yep, you, know? you need it. You need it, especially if you're cranking it up there totally. too. Totally. Now, 
since you're we're talking silent strokes, do you feel the trampoline kind of effect as far as your rebound being skewered, yeah. especially if you're cranking it? Because I know that's that's a big complaint as far as like the feel is concerned. The sounds great, but the feel is concerned when you start cranking those. Up. I think I was fortunate enough that I have a studio in Lancaster that I can practice at, that I can yeah. get on some real drums. You, there's definitely something to be said about like how fast the stick comes off mm -hmm. the, sure. the drum head when it's, it's cranked up. But I think it's something you can figure out within like five minutes of playing, being like, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to play yeah. like this. You just adjust. Right. Yeah. You just adjust. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. So, Sean, what, what do you, what's your go-to? Well, it, it, it's great that you said the, the things that you said, but, um, you know, there's a difference. <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> but you're wrong. No. <laughs> about, you know, putting the mesh heads on because those things are, are there for a reason and, and they're very effective. I yeah. like the, just have an electronic set to be yeah. able to play on. So that that's my kind of go to. It's like I love being able to sit down behind my electronic set and I'm like, boom, I can, you know, learn some songs. I can sit down and play, not bother anyone. I'd rather be playing on. And you can drums. hear the real drums too you when you play with an electronic kit. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you put your headphones on. So that's where my mind goes. I'll, I'll say, get yourself a proper electronic kit, which, which is nice. Also, here's something. If you happen to have cool neighbors, then you're okay limiting your time when you're playing being respectful yeah is also another thing and then also you know when you're an advanced drummer you're not just bashing and crashing it's not as obnoxious as when you are the first per like first time sitting down in a kit first week first sure. year even totally yeah. sure just, bring it up oh behind my god it's different it's very different yeah you almost don't hear it i'm a drummer so i hear drumming all day long but so I, I may be a little biased on that. But you're drumming. Like, if I lived next to you, it probably wouldn't piss me well, off. Like, Unless you, I was trying to sleep. Well, and, like, as, like, a teacher, like, you know, it's like a comment that students, like, because everybody's like, oh, I don't want, like, I don't want to hear loud drums or whatever it is. And, like, within, like, a week, like, you know, take, like, a song, like, Back in Black. It's not a song that I teach often, but, like, that has such a recognizable drum part, mm -hmm. right? And, like, parents are like, Oh, I actually can like hear the song. Like it actually sounds good. Like it's not right. just loud. Ba -da, ba -da, ba -da, ba -da, boom. Boom. Yeah. yeah. You know, good drum part. You should be able to hear yeah. the entire song through. But like to like what you're saying, like, you know, yeah, you you if I was to if you were my neighbor and you were playing, I'd be like, Oh yeah, he's good. Like he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when you're just beginning, it could be like drums could be a little annoying. Mm, yeah. You're like, oh yeah. my God. You're, yeah. you're working through things. Not that we, you're not working yeah, through yeah, things yeah. and not yeah, struggling sure. with stuff, but there's a different finesse and different touch. You don't have to, if you're practicing something, I know you, you don't, ha you're not going, bah! you know, just you're articulating nicely and you're just playing like, you're like, okay, I'm working stuff out. And you might get a little heavy here and just like whatever, but mm -hmm. it's different. Yeah. It's, it's 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 very different, and especially if your neighbors know that that hey you're a professional drummer, then uh you know they're gonna be a little bit, like easy on you a little bit. Yeah, you know you you said something I thought was interesting that made me think about like the drums because I thought about buying an electronic set during the pandemic, but I really wanted to make sure that I still understood the shape of my drums. Oh, yeah, you know, I like say, I just wanted to make sure that I was still <laughs> playing drums. They're all circles, right? <laughs> no, yeah, no, right? no, 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 no. I was, I was no, but like, like the I, dimension, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right, it. guy. <laughs> I was gonna stick with it. Yeah, dude. I just want to make sure I knew that they were still there. No, like, it's just, uh, not cool, just like man. you know, you. I think maybe you know you're talking about earlier about like the rebound of like mm -hmm. tuning up a high set or something like that. When you go from an electronic kit to like maybe an acoustic kit, going from this drum to this drum is this drum to this drum. You know, it's like an extra you know couple of inches in mm -hmm. between it, or going from yep. here to here. 
So just uh, the spatial awareness. That maybe that's what I should have yeah. said. You know, that's I, what I thought a lot. About. I have my electronic set set up exactly like my acoustic set. Oh, too. do you? Exactly. I mean, probably yeah. not to the inch, but pretty, I, I'm pretty the darn close. I'm the same as you. Like my ride's low. Like yeah. I've got my tom split. It's exactly Obviously, it's like, like it. smaller zones to hit. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Because no. All right, the amount of drummers out here that have like a TD fifty or something with like drums yeah. with shells that are like actually spaced out. No, that's not that's not a reality that totally. most people have. But at least like like relative heights get it set up like your normal kit. You know what I mean? Like I've got acoustic and electronic in my room right now, and that's kind of nice to have. But I set them up the same way. Like you sit down at one, it's the same height, the same yeah. levels, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, one thing I'll chime in on here as far as you're talking about feel and everything is the biggest complaint that we get about electronic drums is the cymbals. No oh, one's yeah. figured that out. And before someone says that the uh, Gen 60 Zildjian cymbals with the pickups figured it out, no. they didn't. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, they didn't. <laughs> but no. the feel, the, the but the feel application is there. Like the low volume cymbals feel great. That's, that's where that, those that's, came from. That's what I, yeah. I, okay, so just, okay, so, you know, there's so much like great technology coming out now that just like outside of like mm -hmm. um, electronic drum, well, I won't say like electronics, but just like say like the whole electronic drum setup. So like okay. Yamaha makes like the EAD 10, right? A lot of people are using mm -hmm. that now to like make Instagram videos because uh, you know it has a great mix in it. And you can get um, triggers that you can plug into it. I think you can plug up to like four or something like that into it. Um, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, but yeah like, there's, there's a few can, trigger options. How does that, how would that sound, you know, if you had that EAD going with like the cymbals, you know, mm -hmm. playing at the same time? You know, how much, how much does a good electronic drum set, like, not like your entry level kind of thing? What, what would right. you, what would you spend on, on a good? Right. No, I, new, like, you're spending at least $1,700. I was going to say 2000 bucks, 2500 Yeah, seventeen. I'd say 15 to two grand nowadays for a new kit of something that's going to give you what you need as a drummer that normally plays acoustic to feel comfortable to make that transition. Right. There's lower-end models, but there's a lot more compromise, and the compromise in feel and setup isn't worth that being your only way. Totally. In this scenario, if someone's yeah. moving to an apartment, if this is the only way they're going to be able to play that's drums, true, yeah. too... You have to consider that scenario. Like you have access to your your normal kit, so like that's cool to you. But like uh, I would say uh, to this person, what are your goals? Like, what are you doing? Is it temporary situation? First of all, but the second question I ask is, are you planning on getting rid of your acoustic drums? Because whatever your situation is, I'm either going to try to help convince you in talk you into it or talk you out of it. Yeah. Because if this is a temporary situation, like do not sell the yeah. amount of horror stories like people are like well i guess i have to sell my drums and then a couple years comes by and they're like yeah that girlfriend's out of my life now and i own a house and boy i miss that drum <laughs> yeah, set yeah and like 15 years later that like that drum set is worth like $5000 cuz it's like like the classic drum of that era inevitably know? inevitably so that's a, a big question is okay you're moving into an apartment how permanent is the setup and what do you need to be able to get done while you're in this situation is this your only way of playing is this just for you to learn the songs at home and then you're actually going to be gigging on an acoustic kit because that guy gets very different advice from up uh, from me yeah uh than the guy who says no this is the only way i'm going to be able to enjoy and play drums and also a, a more advanced player can also get a lot out of just a real fill practice pad you know you can That's do true, a lot yeah. on that you're like okay i've had band practice on a real for practice pad, you know. Every and time you bring this up, it just hurts me. <laughs> yeah, I've had band practice, but like, we need one. We need one more freaking rehearsal. I'm like, all right, 
Grab like the Gibraltar bass drum. No, pad I didn't need it because I'm just going to tap on the floor and just play along. Get this rhythm, you know. So whatever it is, but you can get, you know, you can play anything you need to on a, on a practice pad. Yeah, if and if your rhythm's tight and you understand yeah. like how you're accenting a backbeat, like exactly. which you totally know how to do, then yeah. it's yeah. everybody knows what you're doing. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Name of the game once again is self awareness. Yeah. Of what is going to motivate you to actually progress in the way that you want to progress? Well, hopefully you got a lot out of that. I don't yeah, know. that was and a then, really easy question that took. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This is what 25 is, minutes to answer. This is these are the questions we no, get on the I phone. No, I have an opinion. Listen, we get on the phone. These are the questions. That's why we're here. Yeah. This is long form. Get um, an electronic drum set. No. Yeah. Mesh heads. Yeah, so practice. No, so I'm gonna play the keyboard with my fingers. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> exactly. Why not that? Exactly. Why not that? Yeah. Exactly. But. You got to know yourself, know your situation, what's going to keep you drumming. That's what we're concerned about. But if you have any questions, go to your local drum shop. Call your local drum shop. Call us. We'll yeah. talk to you about Call it. Me. We'll talk you through the options. Call me. Call Sean. Call Sean. He'll help you out because yeah. there's different scenarios that work for everyone. And uh, Five you know, minutes is my limit, though. And I gotta get back <laughs> five to minutes or you got to buy something. I have something. a lot. You gotta buy some, okay? Understand? <laughs> Sorry, I'm out. <laughs> but really, that's all it would take to assess the situation. All right, sounds good. Quick question is. Done. Folks, if you have any questions for us or you have ideas for the show, uh, different prompts, you want something in the Hall of Fame, you got to crank it up, turn it down, check out our Discord channel. We'll have it linked below. You can check that out and we can chat with you. You can share your setup where you're chatting from if you'd like. Uh, and we'll. that's how we get our ideas. Either that or I have to come up with them five minutes before we go on air. Either way, <laughs> let's jump into our last segment, really dive into Brian's story as we transition into Between the Plies. I, I told him that. All my best ideas just him. come to me after you're, you're Sean says them out loud. <laughs> uh, no, but Between the Plies, this is where we get to, uh, you know, I hope you're prepared to separate your plies and see what's really in there. Right, we're going deep. We're going real deep. <laughs> as deep as we can <laughs> go, it. at least. Yeah. We're not going molecular, but we're at least going to see what's in there. Uh, but, uh, Brian Doherty, thank you for being here, dude. This is sweet, yeah. and uh, I'm very excited to dig into your story a little bit, because I actually don't know a lot of this. I met you... Uh, as being, uh, you were a teacher at Drums, et cetera, when I walked in. Yeah. Like you said, you were there before me, man. Yeah. You were there I, before me. I, and, you know, I just, I saw a lot of people come in, in through that door, or, or in through that door all the time, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But how did you get your start in drumming? That's what I really want to get. Like, drumming, percussion. I know you're yeah. a, a keyboard player. You so, I, like, as a kid, I loved music. Like, I always loved music. Okay. And I had, I had an, an older sister who played clarinet and, um, she uh, was in the symphonic band, which is like the higher like performing band or whatever. Um, and they were doing their winter concert in high school. And usually for like those concerts, the jazz band opens up, uh -huh. or, or like or like um uh yeah opens up the show. Mm -hmm. And I guess when the show was going on, I like, I couldn't take my eyes off the drummer. Like I was just like so enamored with everything that was going on. And my dad afterwards was like, "Dude, do you want to like learn how to play drums?" And I was like yeah dude and he's like do you want to learn from that guy and i was like yeah. does he teach like is that is that a thing and my dad went up to him afterwards and i was like hey my son really wants to learn drums you want to like teach him how to play drums dude yeah and uh his name was uh dan jones i don't know if anybody knows dan jones he used to play in a band called the commercials maybe you I, that's like no. i'm sorry like your era or Shout whatever but it's like jones. like harrisburg uh pennsylvania central okay. pa but he um i think he's down in nashville now but dude he taught me everything i know 
about wow. like he the he taught me so much about like how to be like you know I'll say like you know a kid a teenager but was how he, to, was he in high school at the time yeah he was he was a year younger than my older sister so like and I'm how trying old to, were you I was in sixth grade so that would have oh, wow. made that would have put me I would have put my sister I think in. Tenth or eleventh grade, okay. so I think he might have been a freshman actually that year. So, and that's it's amazing because that is a big difference between like sixth grade, like you're a sixth grader and he's already in high school, ninth, tenth grade. Like, that's huge, right, dude? And like, and you think like you're you know twenty five and you you look at you know or let's say a twenty two year old, you see that difference, but you're thirty and you're just like, how old are you? Oh, cool, I don't care, whatever. Yeah, right. Like. But that's a big difference, yeah. especially and when dude, he's so, yeah. in it learning. Like and he's he's yeah. got he's like a wise old man compared to your knowledge yeah. of drums at that point. He's he's he, I mean like you know where we grew up like he's definitely like I would say like a kind of like a local legend you know in, in in my book for sure. But like he he knew what he was doing. Like he was a very competent drummer as well too. You know, it wasn't just like oh here I'll teach you how to play drums. Like he knew what he was doing and he taught me a lot about like how to like listen to songs and like what to listen for in songs. Um, Jeez. You know, like, well, like, so like, I loved like the, the band that I, you know, I think I cut my teeth on was Led mm -hmm. Zeppelin. And, you know, anybody, you know, John Bonham is the goat, but he's a hard drummer to teach students because it's like, oh, yeah. when you first start learning, it's like, you got to learn how to play groove. And John Bonham's like, okay, here's groove A, groove B, groove C, all in the verse. And I'm going to kind of skate between this and you mm -hmm. need to understand like how to do it. And, and Dan really kind of like showed me the ropes of just being like, you know, you really got to listen to to the bass player, but also like he's really grooving off of Jimmy Page. And um, yeah, I, I I couldn't thank him enough for, you know, you know, or for where I'm at right now. Like I owe everything to him because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't I wouldn't. Right. Be, and, yeah. and that that first person that kind of shows you the yeah. ropes is super important in every drummer's life. Yeah. And that's awesome that it was a positive experience. It wasn't yeah. anything where and he was encouraging. He was like, yeah. what do you like? That's it. Yeah. And you still do that with your students. Try to, man. And he then like sometimes you just supplement it being like, you need to go do this. You know, he'll just like mm -hmm. open your mind to something and be like, oh, you want to listen to Maroon 5? No, man, that band's not cool. It's like, listen to this drum track. This yeah. is awesome. Songs About Chain is like a top 10 album for me. And I wouldn't have found it without him too, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. So so you start taking lessons with him. Do you stick with it? Do you join like school band then? So I was, that, I, I, uh, I, I mentioned this in my, uh, my shop talk, but yeah. I wanted to play saxophone. It was the first instrument I wanted to play and I couldn't make a sound come out of it. I broke the reed and uh, they're like, go play trumpet. Mm -hmm. Couldn't make a sound play come out of the trumpet. They're like, go play drum. So I was like playing snare drum. So I was like into it, right? And I, I had liked music. Um, and so I was in school band for all the subsequent years. Um, and I think I stopped taking lessons with him in, when I was in 11th grade. So he had already graduated from, from high school at that point. But, um, I was, I was really into like sports. Like I really wanted to play sports and I was like, it's, it's like, it's like the, you know, with students I'm dealing with it now, it's just like, Hey, I've got soccer coming up. It's just like, yeah, I know you do, but like, you're a great drummer, like stick with it. But yeah. I, being in that boat, I'm not going to be like, yo, don't do it. And, um, so I stopped taking lessons with him for a bit, but I stayed with the the band and I took one one semester off. I wanted to take a class at like, you know, that was, I don't say like, a, not like an advanced class, but I only could take it at this time and it was during band class. And I was miserable, dude. Like I, mm -hmm. I everything sucked. Mm -hmm. And I dropped the class and I picked band up and I was like, at like literally the first, the first chord I heard from like the whole horn section, I was like, this is what I've been missing. 
Like this is this is what life yep. is, like, right? That's what you need. Dude, like, oh, you know what it, you just you know you know when you're like I don't know. Did you guys play in band class or whatever or yeah. whatever? But like for me, it's just like sometimes like music is emotional and like you you arrive on that chord that's just like yeah that's the one and like I just get that tingling sensation down your spine and mm-hmm. that was that was it. And I was like I can never I can never miss this again in my right. life. Well, you know I, I I totally understand that because I. You know, I felt that way just playing in like my basement band. You know, oh, just, yeah. yeah, you hit that chord, and you're you you just go into town, Dude, like, or like you go into the double time like, section, and your your head's just dun, flapping dun, all dun, over the place. Dun, 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 yeah, like, yep. oh, all, yeah, all like three it. of your friends in the audience. This is my my experience. It's not a big band. All three of your friend in the audience just like yeah, and I'm like, it's all one. been worth it. I'm a rock star. <laughs> We're much. so cool, man. Yeah, no, yeah. but but that attraction. I mean, no matter what form it comes in, the attraction to be involved in music, and you're like, okay, I need to contribute to this at some point, but I'm just happy to be around it. Yeah, it's such like a common thread with all of us uh, starting out. It's just like I want to be around that or doing that. Yeah, man. I mean, I remember being uh, before I was actually even in a band uh pretending to be man like you know what i mean like we hey we're yeah, yeah we're in a band like i remember walking around telling people i was in a band but we never like had practice yet. <laughs> like as soon as the the possibility of being in a band i was like yeah yo what if they I'm were like what if they're like yo we're playing a sh- we're having a house show tonight like you got to show up with your band tonight were you gonna be like oh crap like what listen do we know dude the, on the spot we we showed up i'm not saying it was good you can't yeah. Uh, yeah. Pre-stop yeah. sign, post-stop sign. This is yeah. just pre-stop sign. Yeah. Dude, you know, but like you're saying like contributing like, but like I like I I love music. I love playing drums, but I love music. And like you guys know like you have like songs that you listen to in your life that like you just listen to again. The song mm-hmm. comes back on and you play it again and you play that again and you play and I I feel like I've had so many songs in my life, especially during that era that I would just listen to on repeat, I would start the song over again. On, yep. In memory of Elizabeth Reed is a song I'm thinking about from the Allman Brothers. I would just, Dwayne Allman solo is so epic at the end and then just start it over again, 13 minutes later, start it over again. <laughs> yep. You just want to feel that way, you know? That's it. And then getting the first time that you're involved in producing that sound. Yeah. Like I remember covering songs with people for the first time and really like getting it together after playing it. Like when you first start playing something, it's awful and someone's off or this one's that everyone like after the last notes hit everyone just starts apologizing for everything they screwed up during that song but like the first time you get to the end and everyone's like that was pretty good yeah it we feels got there. amazing and then they they blame the drummer oh <laughs> they're like yeah dude you missed that fill there oh naturally <laughs> naturally once they've once they've mastered their part yeah, and make right? no mistakes yeah then then it goes on us but that's great so at, at that point i imagine with the school band thing it wasn't just like Hey, we need a drum set player because that never happens. It was everything. No, was yeah, I mean, like stuff. I mostly did like percussion. snare drum. I had some friends in the band too, okay. so that was like it was like some camaraderie stuff too. Cool. Like I had friends that I played sports with. Were they percussion? Was, no. Well, one of them okay. is actually a fantastic drummer, and he's a fantastic guitar player as well. Um, his name is Adam Stare. I don't know if anybody knows him. Maybe shout somebody. out Adam. Yeah, but um, he's another guy who like he was he was a year older than me, but like he. He was like he's like one of those musicians that are just like he's just so effortless when he plays. Mm-hmm. Like he just makes it look like he know he he's knowing or he knows what he's doing for 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 years. Like he he knew what he was doing and um uh it was it was good to kind of like be under that, you know. Um uh, so he yeah. could kind of show you how to do things be like, "No, dude, you're hitting the drum wrong. Like you you got to hit it like this or like go play this part. You need to learn how to play this or something." So that was that was nice. That's cool. 
Yeah. All right, enough of the nerdy school yeah, talk. Dude. Let's talk about your first bands that you formed with people. Oh, and I want to hear all of the band names. This is my favorite part oh, about this podcast, the, talking with Sean. Band names are the hardest things, man. It's the worst part about being in a band is, is coming up with a name but all agreeing on it. So it's were you, terrible. Were you in a band in high school? Like uh, a rock band? I, I wasn't in a rock band. You in, were in a jazz band. Where I did the jazz band. Yeah, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. But I would jam with my friends, dude. We'd go, my friend, it was like a funk band. You know what I mean? Is that jazz? God. Nice. <laughs> just like punch He's just too cool for school. He didn't play in a freaking garage band in high school. He played in a fucking jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> Two and four, baby. I was terrible at it, too. But uh, no, I uh, my first band that I ever started is actually... So the guitar player I play with in Versus Machine is named Steven Tilly. Um, years ago, we used to work at a pool together, uh, like a, a public pool, the Hampton Pool. And I started you know, working, or like I said, like I was working there. He's, he's a couple years older than I am. And, um, he said I was like a shy guy. I wouldn't talk that much, which I find so hard to believe because I'd never shut up. Mm -hmm. But, uh, mm -hmm. he, uh, we just started talking about wrestling of all things, dude. Like we were like, he's Shout like, we're, out. I'm a big wrestling fan. You know, I, I'll, I used to get down with the SmackDown a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, like I said, like we were just like talking a little bit and he said, uh, like I just got a guitar, like I'm, I've been playing, like I heard you play drums, like you want to get together and jam. Mm -hmm. And you know, we started playing. It was just me and him, we just do covers, like you were saying. That's what you do. Yeah, just have fun and just be like, okay, let's try something out or I'll try to go from that or try to go off of there. And I had another, I had just gotten another job at, at a different spot. Uh, it was a car wash, Bobby Ray Hall. And my friend Ben uh, was working in um, the car wash and um, he had, uh, he, we didn't work the same shifts, but one night we were working the same shift and we started talking. He was like, yeah, I play bass. And I was like, dude, I have a guitar a player. Band, Boom, right there. Started right there. And that... I guess your first song was At the Car Wash. At the Car... No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what our first song was. The first... I was probably like... Um, I think we knew... Uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. The Ocean. I think that was the first mm -hmm. song we actually maybe played together. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he came in and we started playing. And, you know, you start writing songs like covers turn into songs. And then, of you know, you start getting serious and you be like, yo, what's your band name? Uh -huh. And the first one that, <laughs> the, the first Here we one. Go. We can't even is, keep a straight dude, face. Dude, it's, it's so dumb. He, the one guy was like, we should call our band Silent Narcosis. And we were both like, what does that even mean? <laughs> wow that's 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 bad yeah that's pretty i like it it's pretty <laughs> i like it a lot that seems like you're was like a, a much different like, band like, yeah than yeah. what you were playing and so and <laughs> yeah so it was like a mix between like sunny day and like top 40 rock at that time which was like 2008 2007 um and silent narcosis no 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 that wasn't the band okay. that was the, the, we were <laughs> all like no nah, dude that's like that's not cool yeah it ended up being future vagrant that was the first future vagrant. Yeah, okay. that was our first band like name. Yeah, and we like did that, that for a couple of years. But you know, like playing in a band, like I, you, you say, like we were talking earlier about, like you realize your potential when you want to do things. And I like, I wanted to learn more about how to play the drums. Like I love doing it. And I wanted to play music with more people, so I ended up going to Millersville and I started another group there um, called Chaos. Well, with a with another couple uh, friends at school called Chaos Thompson, which was a funk band. It was kind of like funk rock lettucey. Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and sure. you know moving on like from 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 that like that group was the stepping stone for me to kind of work Got with it. so many other people yeah you know that that group kind of dissolved and it grew into so many other things but it all comes full circle eventually yeah yeah um 
I started working with, um, in, at the same, in the same time in college, I started working with my friend, Mike Stipe, uh, not from REM, not, not from Stipe. REM, not Michael Stipe. No. Oh, his Great name is, of his name is Michael Stipe, but he's not the singer of REM. Um, I started working in a group with him called Morris Coda. Um, and that was the precursor to our group Northern Gloom. That's how I met him. Got it. Cool. Um, and we did that for years beyond college. Mm-hmm. Um, played a bunch of shows, played in a bunch of different areas. Um, played a lot of really good shows too. You know, how shows in, in colleges are also like you know, awesome when you know, when you know a lot of people and you know, you're sure, yeah. packing a basement out or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah. But your stuff, because we've established you're a total nerd, <laughs> you must have simultaneously been doing like the house oh, show wait, thing. Oh wait, hold on. This, I'm not done yet, dude. Uh, this is still, I'm still in college. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll, we'll get back to that, but I just know I'll that go you're going to be like, nerd. yeah, I played a house show here and then I played this like, freaking uh i don't know concert hall concert hall exactly it's like house show basement and then i had did this this vibraphone piece for this concert this concerto you're clark kent and by night you're superman i have to be dude this is the way i'm looking at this wait a minute minute. Um, where does superman play in a basement or in a concert hall he plays in a basement Dude, okay. he has to, dude. You know he's flexing downstairs, dude. He's taking that shirt off and just like because I can imagine Brian having the glasses on during the day. Oh, I, I can't see. take him off. He takes those glasses and off, and then at he night. goes to the basement. I he's, can't even recognize. He's a real him. hero down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's but, where like he needs to be. Okay, so you know? in your Superman, uh, the Superman version of yourself. Go back to college. Sorry, I didn't mean oh, to jump yeah, ahead. Oh, no, dude. That's right. I'll, I'll take your apology. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the same time, um, I was taking lessons with Aaron Walker, which I don't know if you ever had the chance to meet Aaron Walker. I think you know who yeah, I am. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he was like the yeah. guru of Lancaster. He like he has in, has had an impact on so many drummers in this area. Like Absolutely. It's going to be generations on Jason generations. took from him. Yeah. I mean, everyone... Anyone I know Paul Murr took a couple lessons yeah. with him. Yeah, everyone has taken yeah. from Aaron and, and Or like even just gone to watch him play. Yeah. You know, check, out, yeah. check out Paul Murr's Shop Talk session from 2020. Maybe he talks about Aaron Walker. He, I, I don't know if he mentions, I don't know, but he we have content with him. If you're on YouTube, we've got content. Paul Murr, he did a Shop Talk session. Jason Leach is episode six of this very podcast we talked to him and he talks about him a lot in that as right. well yeah I, I i like aaron you know taught me a lot about like how to be disciplined on the drums but he also was like keep an open mind to everything that like you're you're learning right like you're in college like take advantage of every opportunity there you never know what's going to happen and my first year there i was like i'm only gonna play drums like i don't want to like i had to play like mallets and stuff i was like this is dumb i don't want to do this it's not fun i want to be a rock drummer like i want to play madison square garden and uh, first first year ends. I go into the summer of like my my or going into my my sophomore year there, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and do something. And within the first week of school, I started a percussion group with a couple of my friends, which Clint, Rich Klimwitz, who's a local uh, in Lancaster. Uh, I don't Forrest Black is he? I think he used to Forrest. teach. Yeah, you know Forrest and Matt Brashanti, who is like. The, one of the greatest drummers I've ever seen, like in my life. Okay. Um, just like, just a total musician's musician. Um, and that turned into the portal percussion trio. And that was like, I would say like, and when I graduated from college, that was like my most successful group by any stretch of the imagination. Like we were gigging like three or four nights a week or not a week, but like three or four times a month. Yeah. Uh, playing like, 
a marimba, a bass drum, and some bongos, and people were loving it. Lancaster definitely really helped us a lot with that. But like, it was wild. That's if you would awesome. if you would have asked me in four years, either, you know, my freshman year, like, yo, dude, you're gonna make your money playing, you know, percussion music, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. No way, dude. Yeah. Um, but you learn a lot about like how to approach instruments, you know, like there's yeah. so many different techniques that have to go into each instrument. When you play a marimba, when you play a vibraphone, you know, um, it's all profession. Yeah, it totally is. Right. Yeah. It definitely is. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my, 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 my biggest success as a musician. Um, and I continued that well after college. I think that took like three or four years after college that group kind of dissipated and I didn't really play too much mm -hmm. after that. I kind of just went into, I don't say like a hole, but I just like practiced. Like yeah. the entire the entire time. Yeah, you worked on yourself is what you ended up doing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I just like a little reflection in the mirror and be like, I'm not good enough. I need to I need to dive into it. But you know, I I kind of lost touch with Mike for a little bit, and then uh, like 2017, I got married. I invited him to my wedding, and we started talking again. He's like, Look, I've got this music that I really want to play, mm -hmm. and he's like, I really think that you would really dig what we're playing. I was like, Send me some demos. Yeah. And he sent it to me, and I was like. I was talking earlier about when you hear music and you just want to hear it again, you're like, this makes me feel good. Like oh, he, yeah. I was like, I yep. have to listen to this again it. and again and again. So we ended up starting uh, Northern Gloom with just me and Michael Stipe, not of R.E.M. And uh, yeah, we worked on like a bunch of songs. And uh, at that time, Corey Paternoster uh, had started teaching at Drums, etc., um, oh yeah, just cutting his teeth, you know, fresh yep. out of Lebanon Valley College. I think that's right. where, or Lehigh, whatever one. I don't know. I think it was Lebanon. Yeah, uh, it was. It yeah, was. Uh, and he. You uh, should know this. You can yeah. learn about that. You can you learn about that. Practically that married by Shop now. Talk session, which Dude, is on our YouTube. Channel. I did watch it. I did watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the views. Uh, he, um, I was, I was talking. He was talking to me like he's he. Corey's like the friendliest guy in the world, right? Like oh, yeah. he's like. Yeah, he he he's like the kid that would go up and talk to strangers and be like, "Hi, like I wanna I wanna meet you and like I wanna know everything about your life, whatever's going on." Yep. And really let him have it here, Brian. Right, really yeah, let dude, him I will. Have right, it. he's gonna be like, "Dude, come on, bro." Um, <laughs> I'm but, not a nice guy. Yeah, I'm not a nice guy, dude. I'm from New Jersey, <laughs> <laughs> from the mean streets of Jersey. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he, uh, I told him I was gonna go record some some demos or record with uh, Mike Stipe, and he was like. Please let me know, like of what REM. Oh, not of REM. Oh. Uh, let me know what it sounds like. And um, it was a couple weeks later, and he comes in the room, and he was like, "Yo, what is what is the? Have you had? Have you heard anything about it?" I was like, "Yo, funny, I just got it. Do you want to listen to one of the songs?" And he like listens to a song, and he puts his head, I, he like, puts the headphones on, and he's like, "Do you need a bass player?" Like within like three seconds, like of just being like, "I want to play bass in this band." Yeah. That's cool. Dude, it was really cool. And I was like, dude, you play bass? And he's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't know I didn't know him that well at the time. I knew he played in, like, a band. It was the Mellow Wells. I think the Mellow Wells were still playing or the Sun At that Young. time, it was Mellow Wells, I think. And, yeah, uh, yeah dude, he uh, invited him to rehearsal, and he sh he showed up. He knew all the notes, and Mike was like, yeah, dude, you're in the band, and the rest is yeah. history, man. Yeah. You know? like I remember that. Do you really? I do. I remember, <laughs> I remember the whole I thing. I remember when you guys hooked up. Yeah, for real. I, I do. I remember like you guys like when when you were first like, oh, he's gonna go play bass for your band. I remember mm -hmm. all of that happening. What a perspective, man. Yeah. yeah well, I remember him showing up with his bass and me being like, What are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm bass player in Brian's band. I'm like, Okay, so you're a drummer and you write your own songs and you sing and play guitar and now you're playing bass. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> dude, he's he's like dude, he just wants to play music. Like and, and yeah. like owning my studio with him, dude, he just wants to play music. 
all the time. Like it's he wants to write, he wants to like write a song. He wants to be like, yo, what do you think of this? Or um, I got a rehearsal going on here. Or I'm I'm mixing something in the back over mm -hmm. here. Like it, it's he, he's he's like. I'm envious how good he is at like writing music. He's mm. he's got a he's got a really good mind for it. Um, and plus, he's a nice guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That you really let so him have like, it there. He's just he's gonna watch yeah. this. Like, I don't want I don't even want to associate yeah. with him. <laughs> I know. I'm like, geez, maybe we yeah. should have had him on this podcast. Wait, is this off? Is this off him? the record? <laughs> yeah. This whole thing. Nah, oh, why no. is this off the record? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this is live to tape, baby. <laughs> So Corey and I started uh, 67 Drum Studios eventually because we were started we were playing in that band and I was driving to Harrisburg. He was driving to Harrisburg and I was like, I work in Lancaster. I live mm -hmm. in I live in Westchester at the time and I was like, I can't keep driving to Harrisburg and we need yeah. a place that like we can like teach out of, but also like have our band rehearsals because he also had his bands that he was playing in. Mm -hmm. So we we founded our studio and um, you know fast forward a couple of years. Well, we opened our studio on January first, 2020. Oh yeah, perfect. That's when all the good stuff happens, oh, man. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. But that, sh uh, I was so scared, man. I really was. Like, I thought I was going to lose a lot of students, or you didn't know, like, if the economy was going to crash. Because I remember two thousand eight. Students man. are loyal, dude. I gained students during the pandemic. Yeah, I've I've noticed that students are very yeah. loyal to their their teachers because I've seen a lot of teachers would you know leave over the years, and their students would go with them. Yeah, for the most part. You know, I'm like, so I, I learned a long time ago that like, you know, the, the teacher's yeah. word is gold and, and you, they are very And loyal. they're investing in the student, just like we talked about earlier, yeah. the students investing in the lessons and the, the teachers investing right back into them. So it and makes it's, total it's sense. Not even just, it's not even just music. It's just life stuff. You know, like so I've, had a, I've had a couple yeah. lessons where students are just like really upset. I'm like, yo, let's put the sticks down and let's just like talk, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, just yeah, it can be. How do you process this information? Like you're going through a tough time. We don't need to. For sure. It's not about music right now. Use music to make yourself feel good. Yep. I had that relationship with my drum teacher yeah. too. And actually, you mm -hmm. know what? He left and I went with him too. So right. Yeah. I understand that yeah. dynamic. Yeah. So, so the thing though that was nice though is that like uh, you guys have been to our, st you guys have been to our studio, but like we had like a practice space. This was before the upside. Mm -hmm. We had a practice space where we could go down every Thursday with our quarantine. Right, that was a that was a term, mm -hmm. um, and we would practice every Thursday for like you know, I don't know, like three or four hours. And it wouldn't just be like playing music; we'd just be like, let's hang out, let's like socialize. And then I would teach virtually at the studio, and then I would go home. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it was definitely like you know, um, it was a godsend for for us. Like I don't think half of our groups would exist right now without without that 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 space that yeah, we had. Yeah, keeping those interactions going. Yeah, and. Uh, and a space to be creative with other people of because course. you know practicing is 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 it kind of like a selfish act because it's really self indulgence like what do I need to work on but when you sure. work with other musicians it's like That's what where it comes out where does everybody else what does everybody else need or what does the song need and uh, I learned a lot about like how to write songs with those guys mm -hmm. uh, with and um, through that um, I through that studio I uh, reconnected with my friend Steve Tilly from my old band, not Silent Narcosis, but uh, Future Silent Vagrant. Narcosis. And he was like, hey, I'm like writing some music right now. There it um, is, man. That's how it starts. You're right. And he was like, I want to do this. And it was just me and him again. And he was, I was like, I can ask Mike to play bass. He plays bass in a band called Babel Map. And uh, our first practice, we were like, oh, like we we gel right now. Like we're we're in the zone. Yep. Like, this is good. Yep. We should see where this goes. And it's been like three years since we since we started playing.
I think. That's great. How many bands are you playing with now? Uh, so I in that band, there's one other band that we did not mention. It's kind of a new group that I'm working on right now. It's called Midnight Disco. Um, but I play uh, in a band. I play in f- uh, three bands with with Mike Stipe and uh, two bands with Steve Tilly and one band with Corey Paternoster. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a pretty sweet gig. That's man. great. Yeah. Well, this uh, we talked about how it's super important to, to have these relationships with players, relationships with students. I have met Eliza. Okay. <laughs> My wife, dude. Your yes. wife. And she's super supportive of your, at least from the outside looking in, she's super supportive of not only what you guys have done uh, with The Upside, which we'll talk about in a minute with your venue, um, but also all these groups that you're in. And it's super important to have kind of that, uh, just the support from, your wife. I mean, to be able to do all this, yeah. it's a lot of time, like you said. It's a lot of commitment. Uh, even when you're not at practice, you're thinking about the drums. You know what I mean? Like you said, you're you're, you're practicing downstairs. You're waking with up asleep. at night. You're like, Eliza, I'm going downstairs. Dude, it was actually. I had to work you're something like, out. Got to work on these flam taps. On the way over here, I called her and uh, she was like talking to me. I was asking her about her day and she's like, I can tell you're not listening to me because I was like <laughs> practicing something in my head that a student was working on. I was like, oh, okay, this would be yeah. a really cool exercise to work on next week. No, but yeah. she is, Eliza is like, she is she's my rock. She is literally the most supportive person in the world for um like I would not be able to do I would not be able yeah, I would not be able to do this without her, for sure. Like yes. she she holds me accountable um when it comes to like, you know, you know, music I have so much free time during the day where I can do whatever I want and she's I remember years ago when we were we were dating and I was like, Well what if I like go on tour and like we're living together and we gotta do something? She's like are you on tour? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, well, we'll talk about that when you go on tour. But like, let's not talk about something that doesn't exist. Right. And you know, she was, you know, an, you know, other solid wisdom that she provided for me. She's like, I don't give a shit what you do. You got to pay 50% of the bills. <laughs> I, was <laughs> like, I was like, okay, right. Like, yo, I can, I can make a career of this. If I, if I can pay 50% of the bills, like I'm good to go. Like, I'm not gonna be able to go on vacation, but like, I can totally do it. Um, we go on a lot of vacations, but <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I, I see your Instagram. Yeah, dude. I see you all over the world, well, but like, it, like she, I think she is definitely a, a major proponent of like, you know, we all have a finite amount of time on this planet and um, you want to do things in your life that would make you happy. And like, I like playing music makes me happy. Teaching makes me happy. Having conversations like this, like makes me happy. And she wants that. She wants me to do that. I just got to pay 50% of the bills. (laughs) (laughs) It Um, all comes down to the miles and the dollars. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, you know, she, she, um, um, she listens to me play the drums at the house. You know, she'll be, it'll be like, you know, we're home only a couple of days, a couple days together at the same time. And she'll let me play. And I'll be like, do you want to listen to me play the drums? She's like, no, not really, but I know you're going to do it. So I'm like, all right, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's good, man. It's give and take. Well, I know that you're probably not, uh, you know, playing. I don't know what you're playing really, but you're probably not <laughs> playing like pop songs, but like, does she ever know what you're playing? Uh, She's like, I know, I know what you're playing. No, no, I don't think so. I, well, no, uh, that's not true. I don't know. I remember one, I can't remember what the instant was, but I, one time I came up, I think I was playing brushes (laughs) and she was just like, whatever that was, that was beautiful. I love that. She's like, keep doing that. Probably because it was so quiet. (laughs) But she's like, yeah, I like the sound of the brushes on the drums or whatever. No, I like, cause I, I'm, when I practice, like I'm shedding. And then like, I'm playing, I'm playing full volume. Like I, cause I want to, I want to, 
I want to practice like I'm going to play. Okay, so what I said earlier about you being respectful and articulate and just practicing and not being an asshole nah, that's is not me, totally dude. freaking wrong. No, nah, dude. Okay, I, so I pegged you wrong. Yeah. So you are just blasting. Totally wrong, dude. <laughs> okay, Straight to the face, dude. I'm telling you. Open the window up, dude. <laughs> it's all about if he's wearing the glasses or not. He yeah, takes dude. those glasses off. It's all out of here. This that, is, that's the brushes. That's We're going to do a, a drum key episode uh Another drum key episode. I'm going to ask you the exact same questions, except you're not going to be wearing your glasses. And we're going to, it's going to be wild. I I'm just going to be learning how it. to play the drums. Yeah, we dude, it's just like, it. yeah, it's just like, all bleeps all day. That's dude. the entire thing. Yeah. All right. We've talked enough about your wife oh, and how great she you. is and how good your life is and all your fancy vacations. I appreciate, I appreciate you noticing all those things, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. I see it all. I see it all. I'm not envious. <laughs> from your perch. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting over here, you see. I had to separate myself from the guests. Um, no, let's talk about, I think this is a great place to kind of, kind of wrap up the, your story because it's the one thing that is like hot happening right now. We're involved in it in ways that we can let's talk about the upside, your DIY venue, you and Corey Paternoster that we talked about have opened up this venue in Lancaster. You're having shows. Not only are you hosting local bands, you're reaching out to folks when they're in town to come by. We just recorded, uh, uh, a jazz show yeah a jazz show in lancaster shout out to eric binder yep yep the the and gome barack yeah yes. definitely yeah huge they crushed um, it. and and we were you roped us in and said hey you want to be a part of this and i'm like absolutely what do you need we decided we wanted to film it to have that so that's on our channel if you guys want to check it out our youtube channel it's super great and uh just amazing jazz players happen to be kind of in town and you yeah. guys reached out but now you guys have that facility to uh host events and to host shows and everything Tell me kind of the genesis of that uh, that venue and what you guys are looking to do with it in the future. Yeah, so I think like really like it really does start with the drum studio, 627 drum studios that Corey and I have where we teach our lessons out of when we had the rehearsal space. So like we were outgrowing the space, you know, like we just had like gear and things that like we wanted to do. Like we're like, if we had a bigger room, this would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, by circumstance, the room across the hall from us became available and uh, we were like, hell yeah like we want it we want this like the it's three times the size of our studio i mean you guys have been in it if you've never been there come out to the upside dm for address um and uh, uh we through talking with our landlord we found out there was another guy who was interested in going in with it his name is nate williams um shout Super out cool nate. Dude. really shout out nate really nice guy and a fantastic guitar player too like he's oh, he I went didn't know that. yeah he went to the musicians institute out in and in, in la dude and like you you're you're a player if you go there you know um he's got he's got a great feel uh when he plays but um so we all three of us kind of came together and we're like well what do we want this space to be and for you know in the in the in the 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 genesis of it we really needed a space to practice. We needed a space to record. And then we're like, well, it'd be awesome if we could have a space where we could do some shows, right? So we, yeah. we ended up like building the stage and getting some speakers and talking about that. But like really in the beginning, um, we uh, started with like the bands that we had played with. Oh, and another thing that we really, really wanted to to kind of like um, – or, or, or like a, a philosophy is that like we wanted you to be like a community center because after the pandemic, like everything shut down around here. There was like nowhere to play local music, maybe yep. like outside of like TELUS and Phantom Power. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, the Chameleon Club had closed. Um, I don't know any house venues that were doing shows or any other local spots that were it doing shows. It was pretty shows. sparse. It was sparse for a long time. Right, yeah. And we were like, yo, we need, we need a place for like, you know, our friends who 
we go into their city and play in their city and they hook us up with a show. We want to be able to give them something here as well. Right. And I mean, you open the door and say, you got a venue, you get, you just, people just hit you up all mm -hmm. the time. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a combination of like a recording studio, community space, venue, practice spaces, you know, for the, the bands that, you know, all of, uh, me and Corey are a part of, and a couple other people who are part of the space too. Um, and it's, it's awesome, you know, cause it's, it's kind of like a small venue. You know, is, in, in yeah, a way it's, it's um, and it's like when you get to practice in a bigger room, you get to hear how you sound in a bigger room, which is like always a tough transition for drummers or musicians really to make. Right. You need to know how that sound's going to bounce off that wall and come back to you or Absolutely. how hard you need to hit your drums to fill up the room. Um, so, yeah, the upside has just been, dude, it's 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 a grind. It's a lot of work, um, but I, I love every second of it. And it's just it's just a space where we can continue to make it like our own our vision of like what we think or you know what what people would really enjoy and benefit from um and we've got some plans for the future um you know moving forward and how we can um make it like a like a just build it off the platform we've already kind of built absolutely you know? yeah yeah absolutely do you, do you want to share anything? Do you want to drop any future upside plans oh, yeah. live on the podcast? Yeah, we've got I don't I don't know when you're dropping this, but we've got a couple of shows. Um It's going to be I'll yeah. I'm dropping this in a couple of days. Yeah, uh, maybe you can correct me on some of the names, but we've got next uh Friday, December 8th, we've got um uh a show a touring band A Deer A Horse um playing and then the two local acts we have we're doing um Night Train to Terror and then um, Two Dollar Horse. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They're mm -hmm. they're out of Harrisburg, PA. Okay. They are awesome. They 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 um they just got like a really unique sound. I I my brain immediately goes like the Mars Volta, but it's Mars Volta Queens of the Stone Age esque. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Totally. definitely. Yeah, they like they sh they shred, dude. They they really do shred. And That's then December eighth, December eighth, Friday, December eighth, wow. and then um, I gotta come check this out. Because two, I actually, and I don't want to pretend like I know this, but yeah. I've heard the name Two Dollar Horse. Like, yeah, I, I know those guys. Yeah. They've been playing a lot. I think yeah. I got like a CPMA last year for like album release or you know best so album I would of the year. Definitely like to check this out. It, yeah, it'll be a good show. Um, Ten dollars at the door, I believe that one is, and then um, on the sixteenth, I'll pay fifteen. Yeah. All right. Man spoken right here. You heard it right here. Um, but the, the money, the money goes to the bands. You know, that was another thing I wanted to just like quick side tangent, but yes, like we it. wanted to have a spot that like bands could come in and they knew they were going to get, like, they know they're going to get paid. You know, sometimes, you know, when, you know, you don't, you have a smaller audience, you don't make as much money, but like, you know, we need to take as much money as like a venue owner to be like, okay, like we're okay right here, but pay the bands, pay the freaking bands, because if they don't get paid, they don't get, they don't get to do this, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't take any of their merch. You know, we want them to get 100% of their merch sales so that way they can come in and, you know, walk out with a maybe a couple hundred bucks in a, in a show, right, right. you know, in, 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 a, in a, a developing music scene right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, okay, so December 16th, we've got, um, uh, it's Chumpire Fest. Have you heard of the band Chumpire? Mm -mm. Um, there's a lot of bands on on this. Okay, so I'm, I butchered this name the other day with Corey, and he's never going to let me forget it, but uh, Ed Hockley is playing. Um, there is uh, another... How did, how did you butcher it? Uh, I said, <laughs> dude, I was like, Edo Hockley. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, it was so bad, close. dude. And like, you should just look at the poster. The font's like all wavy, and I'm just like, well, I don't got my glasses on. I'm Clark Kent right now. 
Uh, or no, I'm Superman, sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, I said it all dumb. Dude, he looks at me, he's just like, dude, how did you mess that up? Um, uh, Ed Hockley's playing um, Ghost of Kung Fu Kang. I think that's the name of the band. And then there's one other band. I can't remember off of it, but like that, that's going to be, that show is going to be. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Dude, that's tenant it, advance 15 at the door. We actually have a link. Maybe I can send you the link and you can post sure. it um, yeah, on your Instagram. Yeah. I'll clip this up, put it out before the show. Yeah. I, um, I think that, that, that show um, has the potential of really like getting close to selling out or selling out sweet, um, capacity. So get your tickets. What's the capacity the- of the room roughly? Uh, you know, it depends on the event. Just for know. people, just for people having an idea of like, hey, how many people are crammed in this show? Yeah. Uh, we can we can definitely pack the room out. You know, I would say you know probably like sixty. Yes, yeah. no, that's great. To, it's a really nice. I, I've been there. It's sweet. It's yeah. an awesome room. It sounds good in there. You don't feel like you're getting like blasted out by noise either. Totally. It's you guys have it dialed in, and it's awesome. This is what happens when musicians start a venue or run a venue. Yeah, it's a very big difference uh coming you know it's like you know when you show up to a venue it's very quick for you to be able to determine okay who are my points of contact totally what's their connection with what i do and how how many steps away is it and usually the more steps away the bigger there's the bigger of a uh i don't know the closer it is to you the uh, more homey it feels and the better you feel treated. Totally. So if it's a musician and you're a musician, bam, that's the best case scenario. Totally. You know, if they're just like, they work at the venue, but they're not a musician, you're like, okay, that's like one step away, but they're around it a lot. You know what I mean? But if it's just like, okay, I'm the manager of the bar and my job is to sell chicken wings and you're also here. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, just a like, li- that's where it gets a little Do rough. you know what an input is? Exactly. <laughs> but this is the way that it should be it's yeah. amazing to, to see what you guys are doing and see it growing is awesome and like any part that we can play in it is great dude. yeah and we're we're fully back and supporting you guys yeah thank you I, I really appreciate the support you know um you guys you guys are definitely like you know major proponents and advocates for our space and i know you know people have come to our space because they've you you've directed them to us and that's like awesome and then like also having gear that we need you know stocking drum heads yep. except for super kick twos you know listen uh production we're getting them as fast as we can get them. <laughs> uh, but hopefully you don't need to buy a lot of bass drum heads. But no, for real, like you guys, you guys are, you know, a great part of the community too. And 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 I know that we'll continue to, your involvement in the space will continue to grow as we continue to grow too. Because it's, it's, it's literally limitless. You know, there's so many it cool is. things we can do. It is. As Sean always likes to say, does anybody realize that we're just making this stuff up? That's all we're doing. We're making things up as we go along. That's right, podcast. That's all it is. Something kind of sticks. I'm like, this is good. The upside, man. It's just a great idea, and it's it's backed by musicians. You just made it up. And that name, that name came by like happenstance, man. Like we had. You want to talk about like another (laughs) silly name we were talking about for? (laughs) Yes, we were like talking on the upside was almost. Called Scrimshaws. Scrimshaws. Yeah, dude. Because there's a piece of Scrimshaw in our in our studio, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if if anybody doesn't know what Scrimshaw is because I didn't. But Nate, our business partner, was just like, "Yeah, dude, Scrimshaw. Everybody knows what this is. It's like when you etch like a carving in, uh, to, I guess like traditionally like whalebone or something like that, or like walrus tusk or something." And we're like, "Why do you know that?" <laughs> like, that I, is, I just nodded being like yes yeah, dude, I had totally. no idea what you were that's talking. a fact you didn't need to know Like, could you imagine being like yeah man I'm playing on scrimshaws tonight <laughs> I like nope. the upside yeah, I, like, I the like the upside, upside too awesome Yeah, that's awesome is that's there so anything else you want to talk about add 
Man, I mean, we we could talk all night. I can but... talk all day about anything, man. This is this is the first. Well, we'll have you back. This is the first set right here, man. This is, yeah, this is set no. one. We're gonna take quick intermission. Um, no, but awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking me to be on here, and and thank you for running a, a great drum shop. Like you guys are such an asset to Lancaster and the surrounding community. Like you know, you know, you guys are in here every day, and things are tough, but like people benefit from you being here, and like I hope that you know you continue to keep doing what you're doing. Oh yeah. They, yeah, and, they can't stop us. Ne- next round, we're going to have Corey, and then we're going to have Corey and you, and it's going to be all four of us. <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh dude. Dude, we'll this get a, will happen. We'll Straight be, chaos. We'll get another <laughs> mic. <laughs> be good. But the, we're not going to get another chair. So there's going to be three of you jammed on that couch. Oh, dude. All of- <laughs> no, no, no. dude, this is. <laughs> oh, no. We'll make room. Fit, we'll we'll make not, room. I think we could sit. I think no, we, we could do this, dude. Just, I'd like to be it's cozy. gonna be, like to be cozy between you guys. No, we'll just put our we'll just put our we'll put our arms around Corey like this. Yeah. The no whole one time wants this. Just no like tap him this, on the man. leg uncomfortably. <laughs> no one wants this. This is why I have guardrails here. You see, but this that's is my next. space. This is my boat. Oh, they're not training wheels. Don't but yeah, training wheels. <laughs> this is a trainer's couch. Um, no, thank you for being here, Sean. Thank you for being here. I never thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. This is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, checking out Drum Key. As always, support your local drum shops. If you don't have a local drum shop, we will adopt you. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Uh, Again, thank you so much for supporting the shop, supporting the show. Go and support the upside. We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.